Howard from the Phenomenal Squad Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azle, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 146. Tonight, we return to Mount Rushmore and explore who from Florida Minicana will make it onto this special monument. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the 20, 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is the top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark oil Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and fill tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Nenso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Carojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars in Cuba, it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroyo took on the challenge of growing Carojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, they successfully reintroduced authentic Carojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julianus and Husso brought their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Carojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Limited Edition, each representing the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco Lawyer USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Lawyer USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars, enemy one by Drew Estate, is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The All Maduro Black and Scars MD1 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, often tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. It's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 146. Today is Tuesday night. September 5th, 2023. Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined uh, cross-country at the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas, with Mr. Bear Duplissy. Bear, how's it going? Oh, it's fantastic, Coop. I uh, just got done with my son's baseball practice. Uh, really excited. Uh, my boy, you know, first-year kid pitch. 
So a lot of walks. That's what's going to happen. A lot of walks. Right. And uh, but Jeremiah uh, first practice with kids pitching to him, and he uh, he got uh, he got three hits, uh, and that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked, man. Uh, I was I was uh, you know was pretty proud of him considering uh, you know. Let, let me yeah. ask a question: How how it works with them? Because I've seen it done sure. different ways with, with with baseball at his age. Yeah. So let's say there's a ball that's hit into left field. Okay. Gotcha. And the kid goes and he picks the ball up, right? And he throws it to second base, right? right? And he's able to, but what happens is he's either not able to reach second base or he overthrows second base. Yes. What's the rule? Do they keep running the bases or do they just go one? They just stop and run them on one base? Yeah, so this is going to be a really shitty answer, but it really depends on the league and depends on the empire. So um, they, it's been my experience again. I, this is our first year in 10 years. So it's our first year with kid pitch. Uh-huh. So it's a lot more live balls. So my hunch is we're going to see probably two max overthrows, but like in eight, you, when he was, you know, playing in the younger league, which was right. coach pitch, they basically right. allowed like one overthrow. But if you overthrew a second time, the coach, the, the umpire just kind of called time. It was like, yeah, I mean, I've seen it both ways as well. I kind of like it when they do some level of controls into it. Because uh, it just kind of then it becomes it becomes more of a game about fielding, in my opinion, and the other things are less emphasized. Yeah, so I, I think when they get older, I agree you, you take that off. But yeah, I mean, no, what I've what I've seen happen without it is, and it's which team has the most lousy fielding is going to be the team to lose every time, is what I've seen. Yeah, I think the I mean it's it's it. it it's really challenging. You know, it's different because like, I remember, I remember playing in this, at this age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a lot of walks. Don't get me wrong. And right. trust me, like I was the catcher. So I remember giving up a lot of wild pitches. Um, but um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Cause it's the first time pitching for a lot of these kids. It's the first time catching for, you know, um, like catching their teammates, you know, the, so it's going to be an interesting season. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I've got to, I've got to work with some of the, the young kids and pitching and catching and stuff like that. So um, I'm also going to be umpiring a little bit this season because the officiating was awful last year. So hopefully I don't fuck that up too much. Right. Well, it's always the ump's fault, right? You know, the ump. Well, I like, no, I mean, you know, listen, I, I'm one. Look, I'm you know me, man. Uh, I'm not Aaron Loomis. I don't blame the umpires for everything, but uh, I don't want robot empires. But at the same time, like, there's human error, and then there's just like blatant yeah. cheating, like, <laughs> or just apathy, and it's just yeah. like Jesus, man, come on, like, it's about the kids. Like, right. don't don't right. fucking bring your don't fucking bring your shit to the game, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. Right here, Bear, I got to make a couple of quick announcements here, and this is a little bit of an audible, but it is important I do this, right? Um, First of all, the, the uh, Tobacco RSA uh, contest will start on Cigar Coop tomorrow. Okay, so it's all set. Um, It was, I had some, I have, there's been a couple of logistical things why it got delayed, but we're going to run it tomorrow. So everyone will be, a, this one will be a, a web-only contest, but I'm giving everyone a heads up. It will be up there tomorrow if you're watching live. The second thing is, and this is something I got to bring up, okay? Um, we have a quality importers tower humidor giveaway we've been running, okay? And this is, I mean, you've seen that unit, Barry. This is an upright, this is a beautiful, 
upright humidor, right? Yeah. We had over 100 entries for this thing. I mean, so we got great turnout. I'm in the process of still not being able to award this humidor to someone. Um, and I want to just kind of mention a couple of things. And I, and I apologize for mentioning, but I think it is important. First of all, you have to be within the guidelines of um, the contest. You, you can't work in the cigar industry get a gift like that. Right? If you're working in the cigar industry, you're working in media, we, we can't give it to you. And uh, we had that problem with the first winner. Okay, and, and to his credit, he came forward and said it, which I probably wouldn't have known. But again, we appreciate that. Not just said that he was a that he was a member of the industry. Said I can't accept it. Yeah, he was so, very good about it. right. So straight up, yeah, straight up now, stand up dude, man. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't. Maybe he didn't know the rule. It's possible, right? I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. Now the second winner was was picked after that, and I cannot get the second winner to claim the prize for a week. So want to name names? Get him to get him to. You heard of so what was okay, the name was, the name was DCT and there was an email address attached to it. Um, this okay. show th- now I have I have put the deadline in of eleven fifty nine p.m. tonight. Wait, DT DCT Dan Dan Thompson, you're not eligible. No, it's Sorry. not Dan. It's not Dan. I know. Thompson. I know. I'm just I'm fucking. All right. So what I'm saying to everyone is, look, please, if you enter these contests. You have to be accessible to, to accept your prize. I mean, you just can't leave me waiting for a week right now, right? And I, I went above and beyond because of the holiday. So 11.59, that prize ain't claimed. I'm drawing another winner tomorrow. Uh, and that's it. Because, I mean, again, I mean, if we're giving away a prize like this, guys, you got to make sure you're accessible. I can't hear. I didn't get my email. I can't hear. I didn't get a Facebook. But you, I, I can't. I, this person has been reached out to five times. Three times by email, and there's two posts on the winning thread. So you guys, please make sure you're accessible for these prizes. There's a lot of we went through a lot of trouble to get these prizes, and this is a very good prize. And it's causing some logistical issues with the supplier right now because we got to get this out. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's people who are dying to get this prize. So I ask that kindly, please, if you're going to enter a contest of ours, make sure you can claim it. Okay, we shouldn't have to be going through the third iteration for a prize of that value here, which is, is a, the most valuable and the biggest prize we've ever given away. And I'm having trouble getting a winner to claim it. So, so no, there were no hashtags for this contest either there. You didn't need a hashtag to enter. Well, Jesus, thank God. You know. Now, no one else can enter anymore. We have over 100 entries. We're just going to pull another name tomorrow. I'll probably do it sometime tomorrow afternoon because I really do need to get this prize fulfilled. There's a lot of things going on. And we have to just get that done. And I don't like having two contests open at the same time. And that's been the other reason why the Monte Cristo contest has been delayed. Because, again, I, I just like to have one closed out before we start another. You know what I'm saying? It just makes it easier on everything I have to do. So appreciate everyone's support on that. And thank you. I have to plug in again. I don't know why my computer is not plugged in. Give me a second there. It really is out of it. So. Uh, he forgot to plug in his machine and that's okay. But so you guys gave me for a couple of seconds. So let me just go ahead and say like today's concept, we're going to go ahead and get started with today's concept, but we'll probably have a little bit more chit chat here in a second, but this is the Mount Rushmore of La Florida Minicana. So for those of you who might be tuning in or listening later, and this is your first Mount Rushmore on Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition, it's a pretty fun concept that we came up with, um, so, you know, everyone uses the term that's on my route. That's on my Mount Rushmore. That's on the Mount Rushmore of this. And that's on the Mount Rushmore of that. So we've decided to kind of break down even further 
And instead of getting generalized, you know, like, hey, what are your Mount Rushmore of cigars, right? Because hell, man, trying to think, pick a four cigars of all your all time, you know, your all time. That's crazy to think about. So we got to think it a little bit more and we broke it down and we were like, let's let's go ahead and do this by brand, right? right. And so we've done a few. And, you know, we've done Crown Heads, we've done EP Korea, we've done Alec Bradley, we've done Drew Estate, we've done Davidoff. Rocky. Uh, we've done Rocky Patel. That's six, right? Have we done, did we do Patron? We have not no, done Padron yet. I know Padron is Patron. the one we've been considering. We have so, a few other, because we do this about six, twice right? a year. We do this about twice a year is when we've done it now. It's a popular, is this our seventh or eighth? I think it's the seventh. Okay. Your memory's better than me on this shit. Um, okay, so anyway, yeah. So, th- yeah, it's been a fun concept, Coop. I think it's been really successful. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I have a funny feeling, though. While this might be the most anticipated one for me personally, I think if, I have a funny feeling like this might be the most chalk that either of us go. But we might have, we might have a little bit of a, you know, we might have a little bit of a running here. It's going to be interesting. I thought by far this was the toughest one to do. By far. The, and, and I think as we get into the discussion tonight, you'll understand why this one was so hard. I mean, as, as we discussed, but this was an extremely hard one to do. Um, and uh, I know, like, because we, we also picked Vitola, too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we pick Vitola, it does make this, and there's things tonight we're going to talk about about Vitolas. I think that are going to play into this for sure, more more so than some of the other things that we've had in in previous Mount Rushmores, where you could probably say, oh yeah, you know, um, that's that's a uh, that's nice, but uh, um, you know, there's some unique, you know, there's some unique things that we've. We've, uh, you know, inco- I think it's a unique thing we've incorporated into this. I mean, for sure. I'm, I actually am wondering again if we're going to have almost the same Mount Rushmore tonight. And every time I say that, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. because I think when it comes to this brand, um, you, uh, and I think a lot of like about this brand. Now, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting, Bear. So, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you one cigar is not on Mount Rushmore. I want to mention it because. It, this is important. I reviewed the Solis this past week, and it is an incredible cigar to Solis. If you haven't smoked it, I just can't put a cigar on Mount Rushmore. It's been out for a year. I, I just can't. It's got to have some level of, you know, it's that would be like putting the president on Mount Rushmore before he completes his term. You know what I'm saying? So I, I couldn't do that. Right now, in five to ten years, I may have a very different view of this cigar. I could see this cigar one day being a Mount Rushmore cigar, but I just couldn't do it with something that was that new on the market. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the uh, it's it's well, it's it's an interesting point of discussion. Right. Because I think what's really interesting is like how you actually delineate between what. You know, like what what's the impact of. What's the impact of uh, of said of said cigars? Yeah, on on it. So, like, I think I think it's interesting because I think it's an interesting. I mean, it makes it for an interesting discussion and debate when you talk about like, well, what about more recent releases as opposed to cigar brands who like be like, so like I mean, if, like again, take something like Davidoff for instance that's been around a lot longer. You know, there. I mean, there's a lot of cigars in that portfolio, and I'm sure like 
we did I mean, while a couple of us picked some of the little older ones, I mean, in the grand history of Davidoff, we, we picked toward the latter half of the new. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember when we were picking some of these Davidoff Nicaragua was still almost a decade old. It was like probably seven or eight years old. And I think at that point it's fair. Um, you know, I think it was fair at that point. This is, you know, I mean, so I think it's, you know, if we had picked Davidoff Nicaragua and we did this in 2013, that would not that, that would not have been fair to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it, but uh, Solis was that good. It was that good a cigar. And I really enjoyed it. I really my goodness, it. if Lito Jun- if this is Lito Jr.'s first attempt out of the gate, right? This kid is, you know, and I, is is onto something very special. That's all I can say because that cigar is a special cigar. It's one of my top cigars I've had this year. Um, what's well, I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. What makes it interesting too, if you think about it, I'm sure this, you know. At some point, at least in discussion, the cigar will come up at least later at some point. Um, when you think about, you know, Tony's first foray mm-hmm. into, you know, blending his stuff. Chap- so like you, chapter one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you compare like chapter one and so he's now that's, I mean, that'd be an interesting article. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it would be. You know, it's, inter- you know, and I know we're going to digress, but I got to say, when chapter one came out, okay. There was a buzz around that cigar like I had never seen from a LaFleur release. So I just remember all of us waiting for the chapter ones to drop. And one of my stores got one of the early drops. And people were, were running around wanting to get that chapter one cigar. So, I mean, it was a very sought after cigar. This was 2013 or four, it was 13, I believe. I don't think Solis quite had that. But I think there were different circumstances with, with, with this, too, because uh, Solis shipped several months after the trade show. Chapter one shipped a few weeks after the trade show that year. So, you know, I think that had a lot. I think people knew Solis was going to be a little further down the line. Uh, but no doubt it's a, uh, you know, they're both really, really good cigars. And you're right. That would be an interesting analysis to do. Um, you know, I went down to the factory this year. And I went on a, on a pro cigar. This is the second year I went on the on the floor tour. Um, and it's a spectacular tour, which is why I went two years in a row. Those are the things I wanted to see from the previous year. I'll say this: Lido isn't going anywhere. I think I said this in the in the interview when we did it with him at the trade show. Lido isn't going anywhere. Uh, Tony well, said the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 Tony said that. You're right. Tony said that too. But I'm telling you, this company's in very good hands with these two brothers. Uh, these guys are total next generation cigar makers. I know Lito Jr. is going to be starting to learn other aspects of the business right now. Tony went through that about a decade ago. I remember when he was repping and uh, he came into Jeff Borchowitz's office. I happened to be there when I first met Jeff. And Tony was the LFD rep at the time. So, you know, now he is very much an integral part of this operation. And he's doing a great job. So... I have never interviewed Tony Gomez, by the way. That is something that has to happen. A Tony He's Gomez. A I, I know he is. I've never interviewed him. I'm like, I feel, I feel like I should be embarrassed. I, I'm totally embarrassed. I haven't interviewed him. Well, I mean, I don't want to call you out. That's just mean. But um, no, yeah, Tony- I feel, I feel, you know, it happens sometimes. I feel horrible about that. He's a great guy. Tony's a great guy too. On top of that, he's just a good guy to talk to and get to know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's, I, you know, I'm. I'm 
not to be an apologist for you, Coop, but I think it's also because we just, you know, we have a great relationship with Carney. We we do, and we've had and Lido. We now at Lido as well, and it's it's uh, it's it's like I said, it's it's something we have to correct. I mean, I know we had Tony in the interview this year at PCA at least, so um, it's good. That's good. I mean, so he, you know, and believe me, I. I, I really think highly of Tony Gomez. I mean, and we're gonna I'm, I will probably I know we're gonna be talking about Tony Gomez stuff tonight. So, yeah. uh, but it, it go you know kind of bringing this back, and um, you know I don't like you know a lot of these times I tend not to do limited editions, but it's hard yeah. not to do limited editions sometimes with some of these cigars. And in particular, with Lafleur was is this artisan factor that factors into it. Um, I'm just going to show what I'm going to smoke tonight. Oh, shit. You're going to do it. What? Just go ahead. All right. So I got this cigar. You can see it's a personalized coffin. Um, I know it's a little hard to see with the uh, screen, but my name's on there. Okay. You can see it in the shadows. Um, they give this out every year at Pro Cigar when you go on the tour. Uh, this was the one from last year, not this year. Um, and usually it is. And yes, it is a... Is a Solomon Unico that they do. They do an individual one. So I do have a little bit of a tear on the wrapper there, but that's uh, okay. Um, it's just, you know, this is an unusual shape, but it has been in the coffin. It's it's perfectly humidified. I was a little nervous, Bear. I was going to open this on the yeah, show with, I, the, yeah. with the cellar. And now you feel about the fucking coffins, man. Yeah, and I didn't pull this out. The other one I did pull out of the coffin. It's fine, but I did not pull this one out of the coffin, but it is fine. Because I always get problems when. But uh, I think the cello helped in this case that it was in the cello. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, but this uh, has some nice candela accents on it. I'm I'm looking forward to this baby. And uh, like I said, if you get down the pro cigar, and you don't go on the La Florida Minicana tour, shame on you. All right, it is a total cigar experience, and it's also a total cuisine experience. So yeah, and it's like a sixty gauge. So I know you're fucking happy too. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, but but yeah. Very happy, uh, you know. It's always good to see the sixty uh, ring gauges, uh, you know, get their due. By the way, um, the LFD Lancero and A are fucking phenomenal. By the way, I just want to, you know, just slide that into the conversation. Oh, they're good. They're very good. They're very good. I, I Barry, you won't get an argument from me on that one. Um, absolutely, totally agree with you on that. Uh, I think it's one of the few Lanceros to make Scar Fishing out as top 25 as well. Yeah. Glad to uh, know they didn't fuck it up. <laughs> I just want to say I've had more Lanceros on the coop list than Scar Fishing has on their list. I just want to make that out there. So as, as much as I have been called a Lancero hater. You got five extra spots, though, on him. I, I do. I, but I'm just saying, yeah. I have, yes, yes, yes. I have been called Lancero Hater, and there's been some uh, truth to that. In fact, are you can, trying to say, Coop, that you're more fair and balanced than your colleagues at Cigar Aficionado? I'm not taking anything away from them. Um, I think I just go for a different variety of Vitolas than they do, but I'm not, I'm not going to call them. You know what? There's you know, other I things think, I'll call honestly, them. I think, honestly, I think I'll fucking, I'll kidding aside, that's like, that's a really fair assessment. Because you yes. do smoke, you do smoke around like that. I mean, like that's. Yeah, no, I know. Like, yeah. like is all the like all the shit we give you for the 60s. First of all, you review 60s and they do, too. Now they have like that category. They do, yeah. But you also you do smoke some smaller gauges. So, yeah, I've I never mean, given a 60 cigar of the year, by the way, just so you know, and they have. They have and I haven't. That's kind of the irony of this whole thing. That's funny. Yeah, I've never they've given uh, and guess who got it. 
<laughs> this company we're talking about tonight got it with the Andalusian Bowl. Right on. So, right on. So, yeah, I just wanted – so, again, I look at this, and uh, this is just such craftsmanship on this thing. Uh, and art, art, it's such an artisan quality of this product. Um, that's factored in what made this such a hard exercise, Bear. Um, because I know we're going to get into some of the artisan stuff tonight in some in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So our second series segment at the end, we're going to be talking about unusual packaging. And this company has definitely set some th- standards. That's not a that's not a knock, by the way. They've done it great. So well, I know we're going to talk about that too. So, but I think Barrel, before we kind of get into this, we have to get you smoking. Yeah, let's do that. Because all right, so I, I, I assume I am picking what you're smoking tonight. Do you have like ten cigars yes. tonight, or I, I have I have three. Okay, okay, I have three. So, um, all right. So, well, you you kind of uh, kicked things off with one thing, so I thought it would be. Uh, you know, our colleagues at Scarfish and Auto did recognize the uh, Florida Minicana for a number one cigar of the year. So I thought it would be appropriate uh, because they are rare. You know, you don't see them that very often in, yep. in the wild and, and you know, f- for good reason. Yeah. Uh, they've never stepped away from making it a limited production cigar. So um, the Andal- the original Andalusian Bull. Yep. Is choice number one. Choice number two. Talked about it already tonight. Tony Gomez's inaugural baptismal cigar into the blending foyer. Uh-huh. Florida Minicana chapter one. Chapter one. And just because it's you, Coop, and I thought, you know what? What what would make Coop really super happy? And I was like, you know what? I mean, nothing, nobody, Coop doesn't love anything more. I mean, maybe even a little bit more than 60 gauge cigars. He loves TAA. He loves TA cigars. And why not? bust out the big guns the taa 50th anniversary oro chisel for your other choice and i know we've all all joking aside that was sarcasm for you those who didn't recognize the dripping of sarcasm that was like rolling off my tongue thick and rich like molasses there coop really does really has does not like taa cigars with the exception of a few except very few exceptions this company being one of them so i i I think this company does i think this company does a very good job with them it's not a total dig no, no, it's not. But we're gonna go with the chapter one here. Chapter uh, one, he says. We're, we're gonna go chapter one here. When I'm not, I'm not picking the TA cigar, but uh, but I'm not <laughs> knocking that TA cigar. It is a. I'll say, school Florida Americana has put out very good TA cigars, and they've they've supported us, uh, very well, um, over the years with that. So, um, but yeah, I I I, I had to pick. I I feel like I have to pick chapter one because I feel like I said I never interviewed Tony, and I feel like really I'm feeling more bad about this, but it's a great cigar. So. Uh, so you're taking your shortcoming out on my cigar pick. That's not a shortcoming. That that's an amazing. You're shortcoming one. by not interviewing him. That's what I'm saying. I know, but but look at it's that guilt. cigar. It's an amazing cigar of craftsmanship, and again, it talks about the artist and capability. And they're all, but all three great cigars. All right. Um, I will never put a TA cigar on Mount Rushmore. That's just me. But if we ever did, I don't know if we'll ever do TAA Mount Rushmore. Right. I, Something I think some repairs have to happen with me and the organization before that would ever happen. I'm going to be very honest before I give sure. them that. But but I would tell you that could be a, a TAA Mount Rushmore cigar if we ever did like a TAA one. Um, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, so let's talk about the chisel for just a second. The chisel shape that yep. the uh, chapter one, like many of their cigars are, right? 
we're probably going to talk a little bit more about the the, the trademark that mm-hmm. Florida Monica owns. But one of the one of the things that, uh, again, quote unquote, this size or this Vitola is designed for. You're, you're supposed to, and I'm using little air quotes for people listening to, to later. Um, you're supposed to punch it on the top so like, that the, the smoke yeah. quotes your palate and stuff. I actually didn't bring a punch, and I did it intentionally. I thought about it because Jimmy Muyoto and Joe Gro and our friends at Quality Importers gave me a great punch as a gift the other day. Yeah, I saw um, they did. But I intentionally didn't pick at because that's not how I enjoy chisels. I actually snip off the end. I do yes. too. For all you dirty-minded people out there, yes, I snip off the end. And I squeeze it off. I can just squeeze that right off and it, it, it comes right off. I know, but I just, yeah, I just do a little cut or squeeze or whatever. We had a very, you don't need to take a lot off that. And what I like about this too, and I've always said this, you know, like they say, well, Bear, you know, especially me, like I naturally bite down. And by the time you smoke the cigar, but at some point you can actually turn it on its other axis and bite down again, it opens the flow back up. These are immaculately constructed uh, with this particular, um, you know, with this particular, um, you know, Vitola. So I, I've, I've always enjoyed the chisel size and, and how they've utilized it over the years and the different Vitolas and variations. So anyway, that was my explanation. I am going to be using the, uh, the uh, Zycar Meridian uh, soft flame quad torch to light my cigar. So um, yep. I'm not accusing thanks, Jimmy. Z- thanks, Joe. I'm actually, I'm actually using a Zycar XI2 cutter. I'm JC Newman, <laughs> and I'm using the the Palio Pistola, which has been doing a great job for me. Uh, um, just because I I like this triple jet light, a double jet lighter, excuse me, on a big cigar. Like I like multiple flames on the big cigar. Um, bear, hold up that cigar again, just one more time to the camera if you can, and just turn it on its side for a second. There's not another cigar like that on the market. Okay, you look at that shape. This is again. This is a, not another size like like that cigar. Another shape. It's a it's a one of a kind. But it's a two of a kind Vitola because they have another blend with it now. You know, Capitola too. But uh, it, it really it really is a uh, it really is a very very uh, uh, not only just good looking cigar, but it's an excellent cigar on top of that. So I am actually going to fire my. I'm going to cut as well. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's beautifully made. Yeah, it's beautifully constructed, and you know what? It it tastes pretty damn great. Yep. Just saying. And you know, I I've been to La Flores factory a couple times now. It's a small factory, guys. It's not a big factory. Um, but what I will say is, um. You know, they can't make a lot of those. There's a lot. It's all handmade, this stuff. And you guys, you know, you guys watch the show. You don't need me to tell you about the handmade stuff, but that's not an easy cigar to make. So they just can't, they can't just mass produce these things. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's interesting because like, um, I, I think, you know, it's a, I can't believe that that cigar is 10 years old already. It's crazy, right? The Chapter 1 has been in the market for a decade. Is t- This is the, a, a, a notion of how time flies. You know, it's really funny. I remember, I, you probably remember this, but like we had, uh, you invited me, you and Aaron Loomis invited me on a media panel 
on Scarku Primetime uh-huh. a few years ago. And one of your questions that you framed to is like, it was me, uh, Dennis Fang, Trip Waldrop, McTavish, I believe. That was one of the PCA uh, ones now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you, you asked the question, like, what's one of the best cigars that you've smoked in the last, I don't know, last few years or something like right. that. And everyone had like these really like, like limited or like, Padrone made a few appearances, like like high end shit, like, and I'm like, the Florida Dominica chapter, the Florida Dominicana chapter one. Yeah. I forgot the time frame you put on it. Like, I forgot what it was, but like, this the cigar kind of fit nicely, nestled into that whatever. It might have been the last decade because criteria that you put on it. It might have been right around the ten year anniversary mark of Cigar Coop. That's Maybe. why it might have been a decade, but I'm trying to remember. I think that panel was about two or three years ago. That's why. Yeah. I want to say it was maybe 2019, but because uh, Dennis was on it, it was probably a PCA one, but I don't remember if it was a PCA one. So it might have, but I think I'm going to say maybe it was around that time. Yeah, I think it was 19. It was after my second trade show. Yep. All right. Well, so we were talking about the concept of Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. when we first started, right? So right. The, the, other, the other point of discussion is how we organically came up within the confines. And again, there's certain criteria, but the great thing is, is it's very personalized criteria. Right. There's no wrong like, answer here. There's no wrong answers. Um, well... Sometimes there is, but um, <laughs> well, unless you put the wrong company, right? Which it could, I, I could see that happening. In I, I don't know, man. Though. When I pick, when I picked the ringmaster on my EPC route rush for you were pretty. You were about to throw my ass through a window. I could I, not believe you picked. I, you're, you're, I'm you're sorry, you were sorry, but that was not one of your. That was not a Mount Rushmore cigar. <laughs> you're ready to throw my ass out the window. That was probably the worst Mount Rushmore. I'm sure I've had bad ones too, but oh my! I still don't understand why you picked that cigar to this day. Because <laughs> he is the ringmaster, man. It goes up against everything you say. It's a big ring change. It was like part of me is like I shouldn't. But be that's his. Like that's his. Like I would have went with the inch in that case. So I was like, but it was like which inch do you pick? The inch ringmaster made tense to make because he where, is. Where is it right now? What happened master. to that cigar? That's not the point of discussion. <laughs> it was. It was the moment. <laughs> it's the moment, sir. Right. Uh, the Mundial fucking made my relic Bradley Mount Rushmore. I have no problem with that. That is a legendary cigar, though. I agree with that one. I was not surprised that one made it. I, I really, like, every time I do this, I said, Bear and I got to pick the same cigars. I really think tonight we're going to, we could have three of the four the same. I really do think that. Yeah. So the point is, we map it to the presidents, and that was yep. kind of like, we made the presidents different, but yeah. So, that, so, like, yeah. So, like, you know, I came up, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It was just like this very organic thing, like, hey, like George Washington, this cigar is X, Y, and Z. Right. And you know, I go into this grand explanation uh, that you guys should find funny, entertaining, uh, educational, and uh, just, you know, overall fantastic. Cause you know, why not? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a fun tradition that we picked up. Like I said, it kind of happened organically. Um, I think that's some of the best, honestly, that's some of the best stuff that we do like conceptually wise scoop is the fact that a lot of these things that we do are, are very, very organic. Yeah. You know, 
it's, yeah, we've, we've had similar things happen on the other shows like jukebox. We have these subgenre shows. We, you know, we do, uh, you know, um, like we have the album archaeology series is something we do with, but this has become like a series that we've done a subgenre here. Uh, I think we do it about twice a year. We try to do it. So I can't believe it's already six months since we did the Alex Bradley one, but it, but it's just about is six months already. That's how fast it went. So, um, but this is, you know, we've done other things that have come up organically on the show as well. Um, you know, why am I not thinking of it? But we know we have, we've done, um, Obviously, the uh, aging experiment is probably the other big one we've done. Uh, I think we've add, we, we probably have to revisit the power ranking thing at some point. So I power think that'll be another one. Probably would we'll do to do that, that later this year. I it might be something to revisit probably in the next year or two. Like we talked about, like the, it may like, still be a little soon. You're right. I think we need to give it a little time to settle in. Well, I was just going to say, like our election coverage is a pretty organic yep. idea. The where, but also like if you think about like some so, of our concepts. So Scarfish and Auto Show, yeah, Scar which will be back, which will be back this year. The uh, the other thing too, we can do. I mean, we we've done like you know best stories in the industry, like Hartman's, like the the near the can't misses. Yep. You know where we, the ones we got in trouble when we didn't name Saka and Melillo. Oh, that is so. Uh, folks didn't see that. Like, what were we do? We were doing like the up and comers, right? The next gen. Like, who, are you ready for the next? Like, who's the next big thing coming? And no, who's we, no the Midas touch? It was called the Midas touch. The Midas touch, yeah. And, and we, we said, who has the we, Midas touch in the scar industry? So other we, than, other than, yeah, Stephen, Nick. And, so we yeah. pulled soccer and Melillo out of the. We gave places. them the ultimate compliment. We said we they've buy. already we done buy. it. Right, we yeah. gave them a buy. Like you've already done it. Like and yes, you have the, the hate mail. Touch. All the hate comments and the hate it mail. Burns. How can it you burns. Can still put Steve on there? Yeah. <laughs> you give a compliment. <laughs> How dare you? It was like, oh, you know, oh, you know, you're still upset that you didn't like Sin Compromiso or something like that. Was oh, like, dude, the rate, the, the hate was so rich, <laughs> like was so rich and thick. You could drizzle that shit over pancakes. Oh man, it was fantastic. I can think about three or four cases I've gotten hate mail, and two of them have been around Saka. It was the Sin Compromiso '89 review, and that, and that, uh, and that whole Midas touch thing. I could, Bear. I'm like going. I'm, I remember, I'm like, Bear. You see these messages I'm getting? I'm like, you would think I like totally. Like shafted this guy here. It's like, like we 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 gave it to him. We just said we're not gonna to like we didn't want to have. We knew they would both be on our list, so we just pulled I'm, them out and we talked about them separate. I'm still like consider like I'm still a newbie when it comes to this. Like right. I've only done this for a few years now, but like I was when I was really young in this endeavor, and like I was like still a, a like very very much a nobody's nobody's nobody so all the hate mail went to you and it never came to me i was like oh that sucks <laughs> yeah now now, now, I, now i get it too it's fun now you get it too which is good yeah yeah so uh yeah but uh but yeah so i mean this is a fun i think this is a fun one to do you know we have so many companies we could do and i think we could take it in different like maybe someday i'll do a ta one right because uh but things had to happen. Like the, I'm not on good. I'm not happy with the TA right now, and people know that we don't have to go there. But, uh, you know, we could do it. We could always do it with like, you, uh, you know, I thought about maybe doing it with um, Nicaraguan cigars, right, or uh, Perfecto cigars or blenders. You know, there's a lot of different things we could do. But I like the company approach. At least we're going to stick with the company because I think this. I think you and I have about three other companies just in the like we could do over the next year and a half. So yeah. Yeah, and it always changes. Like this one's been hanging around for a while, and I kind of, I honestly, like, I, I mean, it was one of my first picks to do. I don't know how and we I, didn't get to it. And I said, let's, like, when you said, I said, 
we got to get to this. We've not gotten to this one for, you know, we're doing this show six years. We have not gotten to this one yet. So it's time. Yeah. Well, it's just like, this is very special. And like, so this, this, this might as well be the time for that. I talk about this. This is very special to me because this brand is very special to me. When we had the opportunity to interview Lito Gomez on the show, um, you know, it was a very, it was a very, very special moment for me. Every time that I speak with Lito is very special because he's, he, he has a lot of, he's almost single-handedly responsible for my being here in a lot of ways. Like, um, you know, everyone knows, well, not everybody, but a lot of people know that my first premium cigar on my 18th birthday was a Fonseca, who at the time was still made by Quesada, you know, or SAG, you know, SAG Imports, however you want to call it. Um, and, but like my first foray into going into a lounge, I walk into a La Florida Minicana event when the company was still very much, I would say, not quite in its infancy, but pretty fucking close. And I was handed a La Hero, not double La Hero, not Chisolito, nothing, anything like that, but a single La Hero cigar. And that fucking kicked my ass. And it was the greatest feeling in the world. And that's, I kept going back to Pop Safari, Cigars and Fine Wines in Fort Worth, Texas. I kept going back. I was in college and I kept smoking La Florida Minicana. And it was the rep that night, the retired, the now retired Jack Sandlin, who handed me that cigar. And, and I wanted to know everything about it. So I found out about Leo Gomez and I heard about his story and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's awesome. Like, it was just, you know, it was, you know, it's, it's a very romantic history between me and this brand. And so it's very special. So like, I didn't want to do it first because it was like, well, shit, where do we go from here? Yeah. you know, so right, right. I'm glad, I'm glad we waited a few. I'm honestly glad. Yeah, it's it, a very it, special night. It is. It is. Um, you know, it's. I've gotten an Alito as well. Um, I don't want to say we talk all the time, but you know, whenever I'm in the DR, I always I, I find a way to spend time with him, uh, for sure. So, um, it's. Uh, yeah, I remember. I don't think you were at the show bear that year, but because it was 2017. And Lido was coming off getting a uh, a number one cigar from Cigar Aficionado. Okay, now that that's pretty hard. You can't top that in this industry, right? I had an award well, to well, give. Well, other than a cigar coupe number one, but yeah, sure, right. we'll go with that. I think you went through a similar thing with Ernie with this, right? But but I had a number three cigar of the year award to give the Lido that year for the uh, small batch six. And I go to John, and I, I was just starting to get to number know two. John. I say, hey, John, man, I really want to. Number two, small batch is number two. We mean small batch is number two. Your small, the the LG number small batch was number two. No, it was the small batch number six that got it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because small batch number two was before I was coop. I mean, that was going way back. No, I meant it was number two in your rankings. You said number. No, the small batch seven was number two. Sorry, my apologies. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. No, it's a, it's a fair, it's fair thing. Yeah, but this was this was 2016, and then. Because I gave him the, the so the small by six and small by seven got it right, right. Um, small by six got number three of the year. Small by seven got number two of the year. I gave Lido small by seven it, at the factory because uh he wasn't at the show that year. So, but what happened is I go to John. I'm like John, man, I want to give this to Lido, but I, I almost feel like stupid, right? Like he's got this big number. He's like, no, no, Lido will be cool about it, right? And uh. I gave it to him. Lito was so gracious, right? And it was genuine. 
And John's telling me after he goes, he goes, Coop, you don't say Lito was really fired up to get this award from you. He's like, he kept telling me this. I'm like, John, I'm like, you know, he just got this big thing from aficionado. I mean, I felt like almost, I felt bad almost, right? Um, and it was very, that was, um, that was the year of the Crux and JRE Lanceros that beat it out, ironically, right? Um, and ironically, it was because the small batch six was limited was probably one of the factors why I, you know, it's hard to give a limited like that a number one because you can't get it again, right? But uh, but you know, but it got it, it, you know, but he was great about it, is what I'm saying. So he has been, he's a very genuine guy. The whole family's been very genuine. Um, and uh, you know, we always. We always, uh, you know, look, I, I got to brag about this, Bear. If you want to see a PCA interview with Lito Gomez, there's only one place you're getting it this year on the Coop team. Yeah, I heard a rumor about that. And I'll say this. It was, a, it's a longer interview. It's almost about 30 minutes. Bear hardly talked about the new release. He did a little, like, don't get me wrong, but that wasn't the focus of this interview. And that's what made that, I, and we've talked about it on the show. I think it was one of the, the signature interviews that we've ever done. Oh, that conversation this year with Lito. So that you did, and you you did a great job with that. So I didn't talk about the new releases at all. I'm just gonna call it. No, out. you you actually did. You know, you actually did. It was it was okay. it was probably for a very short thing towards the end of the interview. That's how, that's how short it was. I don't remember. It was very, but it was. I mean, it we didn't get into a lot of details. I was like, hey, you know, it's coming back, kind of a deal. Um, but you actually, you know, we talked more about the NFT cigar. Yeah. Than um than this right. So, um, so yeah. This chapter was spoken amazing, by the way. I just want to point that out. So this is a Solomon Unico I'm smoking that they did for me. Uh, they, and Solomon Unicos are like, they roll this Solomon and they, they release a box with different like designs on this. And this kind of has a weird, like, I don't know if it's like a W on this or something. It well, they, like they, they do everything. Like, I mean, think about their football cigar that they release every year. But they do yeah. like everything. There's, they've done the Punisher logo. Yeah. The Statue of Liberty was one yeah. of my favorites. I smoked with him and Andy Yaffe for an event and Michael's yeah. um, Stars and Stripes, Polka Dots. Yeah, Jack. I have a statue. I have another one that the one I got this year is with Statue of Liberty on it. This looks more like a bat that's on it. I can't really tell what's on it, but. It's it's beautiful. I don't want. To, it's, I'm not gonna take it away. It's beautiful. It's got those candela accents. It's the Maduro wrapper. I don't know. Reagan hasn't commissioned them to do elephants. Yeah, you know, from R and R. I'm surprised. And they've done stuff for Reagan. Um, I know they've done stuff for Reagan. They've I'm done. Not, they've and done if they've done elephants, I apologize, but they should do. I like you mentioned the Reagan. I'm sure he'll put it in Carney's ear, and then Carney will thank me for. <laughs> Well, it, Carney, it was my idea, so just you know, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Put, put, the, put the blame over here; it's fine. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so. uh, but, but Reagan, actually, Reagan, actually, Reagan yeah. likes my ideas, so so no, he does. He does. He likes you. He, he likes you. He's nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. So, um, but uh, no, it's uh, like I said, I think uh, we've had a very good relationship with this uh, with this company over the years. They've been uh, a great company to cover, and you know, they they um. I, I mean, like I said, they've been, I, I can't say I love every cigar it is, right? I don't. I, I mean, there's some cigars I've not given good scores to over the years with them. Uh, they've never, they've never flipped, flipped it back at me once. Um, but they've had a lot of great cigars too. Um, so, <laughs> see, anything else before we kind of kick this off there? No, no, I've got some cool stories to share along the way. Yep. Yep. Um, so we'll uh I think what we'll do is we'll yeah, we'll go into this and uh 
We have our usual uh, suspects of, of uh, we have, of course, American history segment. We have a Espinosa sports history uh, segment. And of course, uh, great things are happening here. So we got we got other stuff we'll be intermixing along the way with this. Let's roll. Let's do it. Coop, who gets the honor tonight? You go first. I'm worried that I'm like, I'm going to have all four of yours this year. All right. Fair enough. Well, uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Teddy Roosevelt first. Okay. So, so Teddy Roosevelt, man, the bull moose party. This, so keep in mind, Teddy Roosevelt was still the youngest president ever that ever served as a president of the United States. So, Yep. Think about that. And, you know, over, you know, over, you know, over 40 plus presidents, 46 presidents. Now he's still the youngest to ever serve in the executive and the executive yep. position. So yep. when you think about young guns and you think about trailblazers, like Teddy, Teddy's one of my favorites. T- Teddy I, was, I, I, yep. go, go ahead. I agree. Teddy was a guy I would want to hang out with. Yep. Yep. Yes. Hanging out in the Manger bar in San Antonio, Texas, when he's recruiting the Rough Riders. I would have fucking followed that right. guy. I would have. I would have died. I would have been on the first one. I would have been the first one dead on San Juan right. Hill. But yep. I would have. I would have gone with him. I would have followed him. That's the point. Yep. Um, but you know, what's he read this 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 really rich and wonderful life, man. It's you know, in a lot of ways, when you think about it, you know, his you know, political parties have changed over the times and stuff like that. But this was a guy who truly embraced like both sides of the aisle, when you think about traditional positions on certain issues in modern day politics, if you look back, like forget, forget the fact that he was Republican, just forget that for two seconds. He was so, he was so concerned about this great mixture of things. You know, he was, you know, he was the antitrust president, you know, he wanted to bust up corporations. Right. And he wanted to bust up public trusts and, and, uh, you know, you know, he was really into looking out for the modern day consumer. He was also right. a champion of the environment, but he was also pro industry and science. Could, could and you pick it a guy today? He'd be hated by the cigar industry. Well, no, people would think if people would think he was fucking crazy. I know, I know. I'm just like, actually, when you're saying all that, I'm like, I actually was just thinking that, yeah. Like, like, no, Teddy, you, you can't like that and that. And we can't support this and that. Like, you just, yep. like, he would, like, he was so he was so dead set in the middle, man. You got to think of like people like like even like libertarian candidates from like the you know the 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 last few years and stuff like Gary Johnson and stuff. Like he's he's still not even as diverse diversified on issues like like he was or like yep. most like independent parties. Like yep. he he was just this most balanced individual, and he, he's one of my fa- he's my second favorite president. Um, we'll get to my favorite in a minute. So, uh, and I love all four of these guys. Um, you know, all four of these men were right, just right. incredible, historic, iconic figures. And it's, I, I know we've talked about this before, Coop. I still like, there's one that I could like, hey, this one person, you know, this one president might go on out much more, but I, I still don't feel comfortable replacing any of them, you know? Yeah. And um, so I'll, 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 I still love that these are the four that we talk about. So, as I've kind of digressed and waxed on, when you think about this, the young gun, the robust, the 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 artist, 
in the industry and you put it all together and what do you get? You get the cigar that I'm smoking. So my Teddy Roosevelt pick is Tony Gomez's very first cigar, La Florida County, chapter one. Wow. It's, I was not surprised that that was going to be on there. I am, I am definitely not surprised that that is going to be on there. That is a great pick. That is a fantastic pick, Bear. I, yeah, I love this cigar. I think, you know, from the most, so the moment that it's the, it's the one cigar in my, you know, pretty much, you know, we, we talked, we've told this story so many times about like, don't ever overhype a cigar. Yeah. It was so hard not to overhype the cigar. It was so hard. And it fucking lived up to it. It was great. Yeah. But we were talking about my time at Pop Safari as a consumer, very young in my my age and stuff. Well, Perry Tong, the late Perry Tong, hired me um, around the time that this cigar came out, and I worked for him for a few years. And I wanted, I always wanted to do more. I always wanted to do more for him, and he gave me so many opportunities that have led to why I'm here, you know. So, in a lot of ways, and. Uh, and so I'm, in, I'm indebted to, to him, uh, and, and it's in his memory, um, cause he, uh, he passed away, unfortunately, but, um, I'll never forget the feeling that Perry said to me. So the La Florida Minicana rep at the time, Anthony Cantelmo, who we both know, friend of the mm-hmm. show yep, was the rep for my area. And, uh, he came in and, uh, Perry had to go do take care of something else, but he told me it doesn't matter. It's not significant. He told me an amount of money. He said, Bear, place an order. It was my very first order that I ever placed for a retailer. And it happened to be with my very favorite brand. So it was so hard. You have to imagine, right? Like I have a set amount of money. I'm trying to, I'm trying not to go nuts. And and uh, you know, you know, buy out the entire catalog. Um but it was it was so much fun. And but the very first cigar that I ordered that I said, hey, mark this down on the sheet was the cigar. Nice. So cool story. Good, story. Good pick. Good pick. Solid pick. Solid pick. Excellent cigar. We talked a lot about it. Um, and I definitely see the Teddy pick. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Should I do my Teddy pick or should, how should I do this? I, I I think it's up to you, Coop. Let's, I mean. All right. I think I got to go to a different order. Uh, I did something a little out of the box with this tonight, with this, with this Mount Rushmore. Fine. Um, I don't want to say I cheated, but I bent the rules a bit. Well, you'll see. Um, all right. Um, do you pick, do you pick 10 cigars instead of four? No, you know what? I, I, okay, you know what? I'll just kind of go. I'm, I'm going to actually do what you want, Coop. Do what let you me want. go. No, let you... me because this one kind of falls in falls out of the out of the range of the other three. So my first pick was the Andalusian Bowl for Lincoln. Okay, I went with Lincoln because Lincoln's kind of considered. Uh, you know, he's that top ranked president. If you go onto Lafleur's website and you go onto Andalusian Bowl, um, you will see the words championship pedigree. Uh, this cigar, it was, I want to say it was anticipated when it was came out at the trade show. It moved nicely when it was released, and it got number one. And since then, this has been a very, very sought-after cigar. 
right? And it is. It's, it, it, it gave a four that number one cigar of the year. But I'm going to say this. There wouldn't have been, and this is not on the list. It may be on yours. The LFD NFT, gold, the golden NFT would not have happened if there was not an Andalusian bull. So yes, true story. The, you, you can't, you, so I said, you can't have that without, without that. So the, the, the Andalusian bull makes it right. It's not necessarily my favorite Lafleur. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. In fact, I've probably liked um, the Jack Schwartz version that they did the Toro the best, right? Uh, it, it gave big ring gauges a little bit of uh, love. Cause again, it was the first time cigar fish and I recognized the cigar over a 60 ring gauge. It was a unique shape. The packaging was amazing, is amazing. Right. Um, and like I said, it, if this cigar didn't have the success it had, and it, you have to say it was a success, you would not have had um, the uh, the NFT. The other thing I'll say about the Andalusian, and this was just right at the deadline. But I, I had to go. I went five years. All right, it had to be five years. That was my deadline. So if this is out for seven years right now, but I, I will smoke this from time to time. I don't want to say I never smoke it. This is a very consistent cigar. It smokes exactly as it, as it is over the seven years. So they've done a very good job with the consistency of it. Um, and I think it's a sought-after cigar. It's a, pe- it's a cigar people know. Uh, it's recognized for the achievement it got, but I think it's also recognized as a special cigar. It led to the special project, which I think is a historic project, what LaFleur did last year with that. So Andalusian Bull was my pick, for, and I went with Lincoln with that one. Solid pick. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Cha- you mentioned the words championship pedigree. It's worth noting that Lincoln, this is not a, this is not a, I'm not pulling anyone's leg. Uh-huh. This is a absolute fact. Uh, Lincoln was a championship wrestler in his youth. So, you know, there you go. I mean, there you go. Well, that, I didn't, and, and wrestler. You they're know, coming is, up with the facts here. Um, I, I will say this. It is, it is not one of my top four on floor cigars. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. I like it, but, there's probably about eight or nine LaFleurs I'll reach for before this one. Um, but again, it's that's not a knock on this. I still think this is a – this scored a 90 on Coop when, uh, when it did. Uh, so it's still a very good cigar. But I think you can't argue the impact it's had on the, the company and the industry. Um, you, know, some, you know, you could argue, Bear, that this was kind of a little bit of a double-edged sword for LaFleur, similar to what Alec Bradley had, except they didn't have the quality control issues. They just had the back. It led to the whole back backlog issues that LaFleur now has because they had to get this cigar out. You know, people but, wanted this but cigar. They also, but they also put out very quickly their, that they weren't going to change the allocation. They no, weren't going to change they, production. They yeah. And, and I, you know what? You know, uh, Chrissy Critchfield is in the comments and Jay as well talking about as a retailer they have a love-hate relationship with it I have to imagine it has something to do with the back ordering situation I apologize if I'm putting words in y'all's mouth but that probably has a lot to do with the, the supply and demand but I have to say when you think about that like they were pretty honest and upfront about it what sucks though is that's great communication to the retailer and the retailer, re- retailer being able to understand right. that that plight Unfortunately, retailers like Chrissy and Jay and Mike Peacock and everybody have to communicate that constantly to customers. It, hey, it, do you have any Andalusian bull? No, it's limited production. We only get a certain amount per year, like blah, 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 blah. And when it's here, it's gone. Like, right. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that probably gets old. Yeah. Um, and that's not a knock on LaFleur. Like, I'm just like, they've, they've, they've been very forthright and candid about that from the very, 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 very beginning Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's all you can hope for as a retailer. It's just, 
it sucks when you have a really popular cigar award-winning cigar and you know it, it can only get so much it's i mean i'm sure i the shark has probably pretty similar oh um, yeah know, i mean yeah they do they do yeah absolutely you know another little story i'll just tell on the cigar is so well, this was the first year I, we did the um this before we did the cigar session i'll pick show and we did not have this cigar on the radar because it was reviewed so late in the year like it right. was like Raphael was the one who said you guys are missing this and I think one of the a couple of people told us we were, and we said no, it's way too late. This was like a, and you know that was our first time we did it, and we had some growing pains. The, so when it got number one, Timmy, my son was working at the cigar shop, it was called Union Cigar Company at the time. I call him up, I'm like, hey, Timmy, you got to put like two of these aside for me. I'm coming in like this afternoon. I said, he says, I said, don't like sell these. Like he's like, why? I said, you're gonna have a barrage, but I might get in there at three o'clock. Yeah. I get in there at three o'clock. He goes, yeah, the boxes we had were gone by. By noon, he's like, and they had several boxes. He goes, they couldn't. The, the boxes weren't weren't like sitting on the shelves, but they weren't nearly moving. But yeah, they were all gone. He's like, yeah, I got your two aside, like you said. He goes, uh, he goes, I didn't believe you till it happened. So it, it, they went. Uh, I can tell you that. That's my son who was working the store that day. Look at this construction on this chapter one, by the way. I just want to point this out. Look at that ash. Yeah, this is what I mean. Is when you look at a shape done like that. And my, my, I have air blowing right on here, but this is the Salomon smoking fantastic. The draw is perfect on this Salomon, by the way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is again, but this is again, the, the, the you know, the craftsmanship and, and the quality. And I've seen when you go see that factory and what they do. Uh, it, like I said, if you haven't, you haven't seen a cigar factory like this one before. Um. It's 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 a two boutique factory too. It's a small factory. It's not like you know you'd be surprised how small it is. It's not tiny. But when you think of Florida Man kind of you're saying they get all this out of this factory, it's amazing. I know Jay was just down there. So because yeah. Jay was in the aging room, I saw the picture. So uh so yeah, that that's like I said, um and like I said, the NFT cigar wouldn't have made my list because of uh it was out too soon. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, you would not have an NFT. I don't know if that we would have an NFT mania if it wasn't for Andalusian Bull. That yeah, kind of a- to this project. Uh, you know. Maybe it would have been something else. I don't know. But, you know, LaFleur would have needed a number one, I think, to do it. So, you know, it made the most sense to do it off the ball. Sure. So, sure. Um, but, yeah, it's I think uh, I like the fact they haven't hoard out the line into a ton of Atolas either. They've done a couple of other sizes. Like the Jack Schwartz Toro, I think, is still the best, that best size. I, I wish they would have released that nationally. So, uh Maybe one day they will. Who knows? Make more for Jack Schwartz. I mean, that, that was the 100th anniversary. I'm telling you, that was one of the it, that has to be if we ever did a Mount Rushmore of single store releases, which is not a bad idea, that cigar would be on it. Damn. Yeah. It was good. Did you have that one? Good. Did you have that mm-hmm. one? Yeah, yeah, I've had it. Yeah. I mean Seth was raising a raving about it, I remember. And I, I managed to go and get get a couple. So um yeah. So so far you have Teddy Roosevelt as the chapter one, and I have Abraham Lincoln as the Andalusian bull, which is yeah, OG. OG. Now, I, I thought about doing Teddy with it. I did, okay? Bull moves, I get, but there, I have another angle. It's a little on the nose. I, I like have it. another, I have another angle to go with this, uh, is what I'm saying. So, yeah. You want to go snake? Do you want to go again? You want to, what do you want to do? Let's alternate. Okay. Because then, All I, right. yeah. Well, good because I'll see your I'll see your 
your your your your Lincoln and and I'll do your I'll do Lincoln too. Okay. So I I I think everything that she said was a very really pretty fair point for Lincoln um, and the Andalusian bull. I think that totally makes sense. But when I think of Abraham Lincoln, I think of and, and you, the argument this argument can be made for certainly the founding father presidents that are on Mount Rushmore, right? Jefferson and Washington. We talk about groundbreaking, but there are certainly a lot of groundbreaking history when it comes to Abraham Lincoln. When you think when you think about when you think about winning the presidency, you know, from the standpoint in which he did at the most divided time in our nation, and one could certainly argue politically, we're talk, we're probably in the same midst of it. Then, I just want to casually remind people that as divided as this country is right now, there was a fucking civil war in the 1860s. So, like people fighting and killing each other, and I understand that you know a lot of mud gets sling slinged around and yes i'm not immune and i'm not in denial about january 6th i get all that we're talking about years of war between our country like people okay right it was the most divided time in our history and i really want to have words with anyone who suggests otherwise but i'm not saying it's not divided now i'm just saying it was more divided then groundbreaking right the emancipation proclamation Securing the freedom of an entire race of people. Truly making good on the words of her founding fathers that all men, yes, all men, not all white men, all men are created equal, right? Groundbreaking. The 13th Amendment. Guiding people through the, guiding our nation through a civil war, the securing of the, the securing of the union the winning of the war. And finally, with the ratification of the 13th Amendment, you have to consider too that he had, like, it was a hard enough getting that through the House and the Senate, but then it had to be ratified by the states. It took a long time even for some states to ratify it. <laughs> and to, yeah, and then he actually got some, a couple of Southern states on board before he got some northern there, states on board. There was one state, Mississippi didn't ratify until about 30 years ago. You know that? It was interesting that uh Yeah, well they did need to it was more ceremonial at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, uh, that's a that's another point of discussion yeah. at some other time. But groundbreaking. Okay. So Coop, I take your words and I and, and I don't disagree with anything that you just said about the Andalusian poll. Mm-hmm. But for me, in a lot of ways, United Cigar was the pioneer. And a lot of times when we talk about pioneers, they don't get the credit they deserve, uh-huh. right? But when you talk about groundbreaking movement into a world that we, you and I self-admittedly don't understand. Right. And at this point, we probably never will. But the world of NFTs is something in the digital age that we are living in and that we are certainly moving towards more and more. The NFT is just too hard to ignore. So my Abraham Lincoln pick is the Andalusian bull NFT. Okay. Which, to be honest, it's something I considered. It was just, I just went with a five-year rule. But I'm not criticizing you for that. You can't argue that. You can't argue that point. Uh, it may, you know, you know, we Abe would not have done an NFT if it wasn't for um, LeFleur. 
absolutely. They and they had to take all the risks with it in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Because again, with all due respect to United, right? Which I think the United one has not gotten its due, by the way. Um, it, has, it well, it has, and, and like, like, so it's it was it was a little early. Yeah. And like, when you think about, it, I know this is the Florida Minute much more, but I, I do think it's worth noting that. That we are talking about history. And when you talk, when you look at history, a lot of the pioneers in certain aspects don't get recognized. You know, I, Vincent van Gogh wasn't famous until after his death. Many right. artists don't get recognized yeah. until their time is kind of yeah. passed and everything. And United is certainly, certainly not gone. No, I, it was but, funny. I, yeah. But it, it was, it was, it was a little early, man. And, yeah. and, and hats off to them for recognizing something. Right. And, and, and then now LaFleur and LaFleur Dominicana and Tatuaje really, and Abe again. Don't want to shortchange him, but they've they've kind of taken that they've taken that step and turned it into something just unbelievable. Yeah, I look at like United as Leif Erikson and uh, LFD as Christopher Columbus, right? Like, yes. like so Christopher Columbus obviously Great got all the metaphor. Great yeah, they metaphor. Got, they got all the accolades, but Leif Erikson did get that first. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a lot that United still can do with this whole like, – they created a true NFT is what United did. LaFleur kind of expanded on this concept uh, of making it into more of a, a tangible collectible item. And then obviously Abe and Pete took it another level this year. So, But you're right. It, 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 you can't argue what this is. This has changed the industry. Uh, and it, we, yeah. we're gonna, we'll know how much it changes the industry in the next few years. Now, if there's no more NFTs, this pick may not look as good. But at the same time, I don't think it should be dismissed because it did for a while really capture this industry. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, again, I might be the United in this situation where my pick and, might be a little early in the history of NFTs. But I think I think I'm spot on yeah. here because, again, when you think about groundbreaking, yeah. it, it really is relevant. By the way, great metaphor. But I do want to point out that uh, that La Florida Dominicana has not slaughtered billions of people. So just just. Want to throw that out there as a historical reference point? He he was a brave Italian explorer, and in this house, that's a surprise. You saw one. Of my, it's my favorite scene ever. He on didn't. He didn't, sla- he didn't slaughter an entire indigenous nation. So you got to understand what it was like out there. Tony Soprano like explaining the whole thing. <laughs> so no, and I, I, you know, it's funny is you know I know you have a background in that bear, and I've actually been a lot more sensitive to that since I've gotten to know you. Uh, as much as I, you know, because we did grow up as Christopher Columbus was very much a heroic figure, but there's a lot of things you you pointed out, and I think as well, and it's changed my way of thinking on that too. It, it's it's just yeah, it's yeah. a different time too. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll tell. I love this. I love this story. This is a very recent story with my son, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just this will if this doesn't make you laugh out loud i'm sorry you have no humor about the situation right. but i think it's funny but like it, it's just a, a, the you know when you and i were younger and when we grew up you know what was taught in school is like they talk about like what's being taken out of textbooks now like think like think about the what we were taught you know like you know like and and still still like it it, it takes to it takes to college academia for most people to understand that uh, the American colonists paid significantly, not just a little bit, significantly lower taxes than British citizens that lived on the island. Amazing. It's not even fucking close. Yeah. It's not even fucking close. Like it's, it's by leaps and bounds, like significantly less. 
And, you know, for people who think that I'm making an anti-patriotic remark, I'm not because I still think that the concept, it doesn't matter how little or how much taxation without representation is, is, is not right. just at all. So yes, I'm still, I'm still very much on the side of the colonists, but I just want to point that out. Um, but it takes to college academia for most people to understand that there's probably very smart people that are listening to this now that probably never knew that. Yeah, and it's I, not, I, that's I not to say those people are like, yeah, okay, there's an example, right? You didn't know that. So, like, when we talk about, like, like, the level of education and things that are kind of earmarked in history and what's taught in schools, it's a very... It has to be a very abbreviated understanding because you're also talking about young minds. So point of fact, this is the story I wanted to tell you, right? So I said, my son's, you know, started second grade this year. And I said, hey, man, did, you know, what did you read in school today? He's like, hey, I read some books. And I said, awesome. What were the books about? He's like, dad, I read a real history of Native Americans. I said, that's fantastic, son. What was it about? And he says, well, the real history of Native Americans, dad. I said, okay, great. Well, what was in the book? He says, did you know that Native Americans had a war with real people? <laughs> to which I try not to fall over laughing. And right, I said, right, 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 right. Native Americans are real people too. He's like, yes, that's what my teacher said. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you repeated it. So uh, it's, it, it's it's first of all, I love the fact that he's using the term Native Americans and not another term. So I'm proud of him for that. Um, and, but like it, yeah. So like Columbus, everything like that. So great yeah. metaphor, but I think that it's a very, from a fame standpoint and everything, I understand, I understand and appreciate what you're coming from. And I, I totally think that's a great metaphor. Yep. United is Leif Erikson and the Florida Minicana is Christopher Columbus. Yeah. In this sense. Yeah. Right. Just from, I'm looking just from explorers to age of exploration thing. I'm not getting any, I mean, yeah, it, fame, Leif Erikson fame, had his problems fame. with his, his dad was pretty nuts from what I remember too. Eric, the red was not exactly a, uh, a savory. Yes. Kind of, yes. I mean, they yeah, were Vikings. Let's, yes. Let's yeah. He wasn't a Saint Eric the Red either. So yeah. uh, he's not going to uh, be canonized by the Catholic Church at any point. So, no, yeah, no, no. All right. So I'm going to I guess I go now. Um, So I'm going to go to George Washington. Right. And OK, I don't know how to say this basically, but um, there I, I got to admit, I, I stole this one right out of your your book with this one. Right. So you may have this one already, but. But I have to do it because it plays into a lot of what I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, in the interview with, with Lito Gomez, okay, Bear talks about the Lajero line and basically the importance of what Lito did for that particular uh, priming of tobacco, Lajero. And in my opinion, that set a foundation for La Florida Minicana for years and years to come. They were primarily known, you know, people forget when LaFleur was first came out, they were not known for these powerhouse cigars. They were known for milder cigars, right? That's what they, they had released. You know, with, with the Los Liberatories, it was. Yeah. These were milder cigars. Lito Gomez comes out with the LaFleur Dominicano Lajero. And I picked the L400 size. I really just went with an arbitrary size, which is a five and three quarter by 54. And Great in my sense. opinion, but yeah, I think it's the, uh, one of the more popular sizes. And in my opinion, that was the father. I don't look, I don't think Lito was the first one to work with Lajero. But what he did do is he took that name and he put it on a cigar. 
Um, and he built a brand around it, right? Yes. And he built multiple brands around this thing, right? So I had I had to put this on here as like again, you know, if you look at the George Washington of La Florida Minicana, it was the, the Lajero. I mean that yeah. that set the that set the table for everything that was to follow for many years uh to come. I mean, and just that's what they're known for. Um it is uh, you know, it, it's this is uh you know, a lot of things, too, is, you know, this is a lot of when and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but at the time, um, this was a big part of when Lido purchased the farm. Right. That he had, a, you know, he was able to to work with these tobaccos and procure them. Right. But and by the way, I'm going with the Lajero natural here, by the way. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't go in this case with the uh, I was going to yeah. ask you, you're in a specified. Majority. Yeah, I, I went specifically with the natural here. I think because I don't think there would have been a score if it wasn't for the natural in a lot of ways. Although I think they came out very, very close as well. Um, but again, I, I would say, you know, work, they were able to kind of work with these tobaccos. And I, and when you go on the farm tour at Lido, a lot of this will come out like when they, how they work with these primings and everything. And, but to me, like I said, Lajero has to be on there. It's to me, that's the, the not only it's, it's the signature line of LaFleur for the everyday smoker in a lot of ways, even though it's maybe not the cigar for the everyday, does that make sense? The everyday bold smoker. Um, and like you said, what did Lido hand you when you, when you went in there? And you're a Lajero, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack so, Sandlin handed me a Lajero. That's yeah, correct. so so yeah, that's my George Washington pick. Uh, anyone could fight me on that, but I think it's it's a very important cigar in not just the history of the Florida Manicot, but what this in, what happened for this industry uh, for years to come. Yeah, I think you know, every time I interview Lido and have the 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 opportunity and the privilege of doing so, like. Like there's always something that there's always something inspiring that strikes me during the conversation to talk to him about. It's my own personal history with it, the impact that he's had on the industry, you know, the impact of his small company and what it's meant to not only the the country, the Dominican Republic, the industry at large. Right. You know, it's it, it's so very critical and very important when you think about like Lajero and the, like go back and listen to the interview because I think there's some really nice touching remarks between the both of us that, that talk about this exchange and how yeah. specifically when you talk about the word Lajero, he, like you said, he may not have been the first one, but he, it's, it certainly felt like it because most people threw that leaf away. Or they didn't know what to do with it. They'd sell it to like the machine people or something like yeah. that. They're like, they, Oh, they, this they, is, it's too harsh. It's too strong. Like, what are yeah. you going to do with it? Well, blah, blah. So, and then now this cigar's I'm going to spoiler alert. This cigar's not on my route mush my I'm my shocked. route Rushmore. I'm shocked this one's not on there, Bear. No, I, no, no. I'm I'm going to mention another cigar. So uh, okay, I'm, talk, I, I'm talking about like I'm talking about. I'm going to do some weird stuff with, with coming up. Is what I'm just telling you. So, yeah. Well, well, then I don't know. I don't want to step on anything, but like no, no, you won't, like, you won't. But, but I think you you're going to be it, you're going to like say I bent the rules a bit with this. So <laughs> when you think about, for example, when you think about his. It, putting the nomenclature of Lajero into tobacco and cigar industry vocabulary and making it such a, like, like this wasn't enough for him. So what does he do? He doubles down on it and he creates DNAS that, you know, again, it's not on my Mount Rushmore. I want to, I want to spoiler alert. I want to specify. I'm just talking about like. Printed all the Lajero, like all the uh, Lajero straight cheroot. Yeah. Like just no binder, filler and wrapper strong as all get out. Just sit, uh, sit you down and take a nap, kind of cigar. And 
what's really interesting about that, I mean, that was a, you know, fun fact, that was a Michael's Tobacco Viewless exclusive, by the way. So you want to talk about single I, I remember that. I remember that. Um, so shout out to Mike Peacock and Tracy Spence yep. for putting that one uh, on the, you're welcome, everybody who likes that cigar, by the way. That was, I was, I was around. <laughs> I sold a lot of that cigar. Um, but yeah, I like, that's just, and he made that like, you know, a lot of people don't like it and that's fine, but he made a f- fucking cheroot out of Lajero. That was just awesome. Like it's freaking nuts, man. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. So I don't know. It was a good pick, man. Good pick. Cool. So, um, what do you, do you, I'm going to, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to let you pick my president. So we've done, we've done Lincoln. I've done Lincoln and Roosevelt. So pick my, is it between Jefferson and Washington? Let's go Washington since I just did it. Okay. Okay. So like you, I thought about, you know, you you talk about the, the first, right. And you talk about foundational and I I think your, I think your points on Lajero are really, and I thought about that. I really did. I really did. So it was, it's funny because like we, we, we almost kind of went chalk there, but, um, but when I think of La Florida Minicana and it's, when you think about George Washington, he was more than just the first, he was an icon. And when you think about that term, like iconic and icon, it's, it's almost like a demigod type status. I mean, this guy would, he would walk around Valley Forge when he's got his soldiers are freezing to death and they talk about there's this really great journal writings if you ever get the time to read like when some of the commonplace soldiers would talk about and would read you know would talk about when they saw washington and like like the words like kind of jump off the page and there's this 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 reverence for their leader who by all accounts and historically measured wasn't the greatest general but he represented more than this, just the victories and defeats on the battlefield. He represented an idea mm-hmm. and ideas are really powerful. And again, he may not have been the first with Lajero, he, but he was the first in something. And when he was the first in something was something that he, that Lito eventually trademarked into what has become iconic when it comes to La Florida Minicana. And it's not the Andalusian bull. It's not the NFT. It's what we've talked about tonight. It's the chisel. It's the chisel shape. No one, I, I, when people think like you and I think of La Hero, right. And that that's one of those foundational aspects right. that can never be taken away from Lito Gomez. But when most people think of La Florida Minicana, what do they think of? They think of the chisel. They think of the chisel and they think of like, hey, that is what a Florida Minicana is. And so I went with my Washington pick as the La Florida Minicana chisel natural. Okay. So what's just because uh, this is our first duplicate. That was my Jefferson pick. So we could talk about that, you know, this way. Uh, yeah. So cool. I had this, let, I had this, uh, I had this one as well as my, it was my Jefferson pick. So go ahead and tell tell us why it's your Jefferson pick, and then I, there's a couple of I can, there's a couple of points I want to make about chisel. So go ahead. Um. Okay. So again, I look at it like this. Um, this was chisel was made. It was made in the double hero line, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. have had the double hero line if you didn't have the single the single hero line, right? Sure. Sure. So single hero, I said that's George Washington, the father of our country. Um, and you know, 
Thomas Jefferson was the third president, even though I know Thomas Jefferson was involved with a whole thing of, um, you know, the Declaration of Independence and all. But I, I said, OK, you know, and Thomas Jefferson was like this innovator, too. You know, he, he definitely yeah. was a guy who was an innovator, which is why I said the chisel was was really my lock in for that one. Um, it's exactly he, why I had it earmarked, too, for that. Like, I knew it was going to be in there and like it was yeah. between I, these two guys. So, yeah, yeah it's so I, I actually was wondering you weren't going to put the chisel in because you went with Captain One. Right. So I'm like, he maybe I put the chisel in there now. The chisel is so important um, to to the history of La Florida Minicana and the history of this cigar business. It's a trademarked Vitola. The, the Vitola is trademarked. <laughs> no one else can make that. Yeah, it's great. He's got a trademark on that, right? And guess what? It looks like a freaking chisel. This is, and and I look at that. That kind of also, in a way, it started the whole art artisanal artisanal thing that he's been doing over the years. This was really the first example of that. And I went with it. By the way, my pick here was the natural as well. So we had the same exact cigar here. Sure. I think we looked at it, and I could certainly see how you looked at it like that because I did consider it for the Washington cigar because, again, of Jefferson's role pre-revolution. So that's why I did consider that, right? But right. I ultimately said, all right, I'm going to put the innovator hat on with with, with Jefferson, and it I'm totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I can give him the chisel, but but because I said, but I also had to look at like the father of our country, and Lajero led to the double Lajero, and double Lajero eventually went to, led to the chisel. And the chisel's been seen in some other blends, but this is the one that put it on the map is in the double Lajero line. Yeah, no, I think I think that's I think that's totally appropriate. Like I said, I was weighing the between the two because I think you're absolutely right. It, you know, he, you know, he was, you know, Jefferson was the inventor and things like that. The, the thing I like to point out about the fact that we both picked a natural is I think it's important worth noting that. This is this is where where I think Lito Gomez has done an educational service to the cigar smoker at right. large, because for anyone, you know, who walks into a humidor, the natural assumption, no, no pun intended. The natural assumption is that the a Maduro cigar is strong or stronger than a natural counterpart in this case. Right. That's actually not true with La Florida Americana. The Maduro is actually milder. It is because it's naturally sweeter. So it kind of combats those Lajero notes really well in a really well balanced way. The natural is actually a stronger cigar. It is. Which I think is a I think is a very certainly in my youth smoking, certainly uh it, that that uh, that optical illusion certainly played its part on on this palette. So a couple of times. Um but I, I love the natural. Um, it's it's one of my still one of my favorite cigars um, when it comes to like the d- double Lajero line, uh, both in the chisel and other sizes. So um, and I love the Majora as well. Um, yep. But it's but I think it's worth noting that 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 that's an interesting point of discussion. And I think the natural is the logical choice here, either in either presidential position. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is, again, uh, I do like this cigar a lot, um, but I actually put the oral chisel ahead of it. Um, I think the, I think the oral chisel is the better cigar. It's a more premium cigar too. But you know, this is a cigar. Like I tell people, you have to take advantage of the wedge, the wedge cap. And if you're not smoking it into that concentrated form, you're not getting what this cigar was intended to get, right? Yeah. Uh, and I got it. It's a hard cigar for me to smoke because I tend to be a wetter smoker. 
And I have to be really careful with that because it's a very, there's very little circumference. So I have to just really, this is going, I sit down and smoke it. I got to like be, I can't be distracted. You know, it's not a cigar you want to be holding in your mouth or anything like that. Uh, it's not a cigar you want to smoke when you're mowing your lawn. You should. Like, this is a cigar you should absolutely savor the moments because if you're not taking advantage of, of the of the concentration of the flavors and the power of that cigar, you're missing out on the entire experience. With, with, with that. It's not just a cigar that Lito did to make a, a very cute design. It, it is a, a smoking experience, that cigar. Mm-hmm. Um and and this was I I knew we were gonna both have this cigar on the list right it was like how do we not put it? but I was actually wondering when you went ca- uh chapter one maybe he's just gonna go with that as his chisel one and I wouldn't have had any problem with that by the way but but I'm glad you had this one as well yeah uh because it is it is a very important cigar and you know again who, who has ever I don't I think the only other person I, that I know has went for a trademark uh is Recluse went for the trademark on the Sidewinder I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe one of those. I, I think they went for a trademark, and I, I they may have gotten it by now. But uh, oh, and the other one that got it was uh, Moya Ruiz got it, um, with the uh, nunchucks. Nunchucks. They got it with the nunchucks, yeah. Because and that was you know again very unique thing what they did with that. I think yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm super glad that they were able to get the trademark for it. Because I, I've, again, it, it's made it a standout, and they've used it in a very um, non-abusive but frequent way. Yeah, I actually have my my second cigar. I have it. I have a chisel. It's an Airbender oh, nice. one, though. I picked an Airbender. Ooh. So, so yeah, so it's been used other places. Um, in in the port, and I. But you said they they haven't hoarded this thing out a lot. Like they didn't just, you know. And they used it in the TAA, which I think was cool how they used it there too. Uh, and obviously, Capitola two in Chapter one, you know, they, the box pressing taking it took it to another level with that. Uh, but yeah, I, guess, I, mean, I guess it's more than just a, a. It's not a gimmick. This is a. This is part of the smoking experience with this cigar, which is why that's very important. Yeah, the. Um, I think it's also worth noting. It, it, it may have changed over the years, but I know that the Chisolito Natural is like one of his Lito's go tos. I, I was looking at that one too. Basis. Yeah, yeah, and that was okay. But Chisolito wouldn't have happened if it wasn't a chisel. As I kind of I looked at it, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a strong. Cigar. You got Holy three shit. like groundbreaking cigars you've put on there. I think we all have, but it, your three are very much groundbreaking. All three of those mm-hmm. and staples. I mean, these are not cigars that. Or just like shelf collecting dust. Yeah. So I think, you know, you talk about the artisanal aspect of how it was the gateway. Right. See, I look at it even more so. Like I think the cha- the chisel led to the Andalusian Bullet. I think it led to the Salomon Unico series. I think it led to the El Museo line. I, I think it led to, yeah, I think it led to the Oral line. I think yeah, the big part of what they did with the Oral line. Um, it, you know, and this is where. It, it's a very important Vitola, you know, and, we, and I think that's why this was important to do. Vitolas are going to play a big role in my thing, too, uh, but but especially with La Florida Minicana. Right. Uh, like I said, this was an absolute game changer in the industry. And you know what? Who doesn't want to try a chisel cigar from La Florida Minicana when they come out for one? Everyone does. I, I've never heard anyone bash a chisel. I've heard a few people, like when they cut too much of the cap off and stuff, uh, but that's about it. I've never heard anyone bash a chisel. Like, wow, a ch- this is a chisel. Like, you know, you got to, you know, you want to smoke a good chisel. Uh, Leo gave me a chisel in the back of his car uh, with the Oro. 
that was a, we we won't go there that because that knocked the shit out of me like but uh uh, Anyone who bashes the chisel, idiots. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. No, you're, it entitled, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, but it's wrong. It's a beloved, it's a beloved cigar, <laughs> and um, it, you know, it's like I said, it's like I said, it's an experience. I, I really think it's an experienced cigar too, which is very. Yeah. Talk about the. You mentioned the Airbender man, and I, I have to say, like, I want to give a special nod to that because you talk about yeah. Lido, Lido having. I think it's worth noting that La Florida Minicana has so much fun with what they do. Mm-hmm. And I think the airbender is pretty indicative of that because the name it's named after, you know, a character, the last airbender, which is, you know, yeah. popular in Japanese yeah. anime. So like you wouldn't know it, but that's like one of Leto's things. Like he freaking loves that shit. Like uh, it's crazy. It's it, like, I never, you never, in a, a thousand years, you wouldn't have pinpointed it if it hadn't been done, you know, if he hadn't done it. What a cool name! Like just freaking awesome. You know, great, when, great movie too, by the way. I know when that cigar came out. I remember when it came out. Um, I was disappointed in it at first because it was that's when Lito was on the floor. It was on the floor. It was on the floor, like. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about some packaging in the second half, but there's some special packaging they did with that. Um, but I had a kind of it's kind of like my experience with the Epernay. I kind of had a. I kind of educate myself more about blends before I kind of got to appreciate that point. So, and uh, it's, it's the same thing. So like, again, so again, spoiler alert, this cigar is not going to be my last pick, but when you talk about airbender in the same breath, you have to mention a cigar like Coronado, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that one too, but Coronado is probably, is probably one of the most complex and deep cigars he's ever blended. Yeah. And you know, um, and but it was it was misunderstood for a lot of reasons, packaging being one of them. But two, like it was just it just wasn't a Lafleur cigar, and all hats and all like all credit in the world and hats off to him for saying you know fuck that I'm going to do what I want right yeah. and and I mean it got a special nod in cigar aficionado the airbender was kind of in that similar vein too where you were expecting something and it just didn't deliver in that lane yeah. but it, it gave you something to appreciate I appreciate both from the get because it was again I wasn't scared of different but if you think about difference and how people are kind of opposed to it just in general you talk about cigar especially cigar enthusiasts right uh it's just it's it's really strange that like like those cigars didn't make it considering how didn't make it to the popularity of some of the car the cigars we're talking about tonight if that makes sense like they made it like they're still part of the portfolio they're still there I'd probably sell a shit ton of it but um but it's you know it it never reached the heights of some of the cigars the cigars we're talked about tonight. So. No, and it it we're going to talk about some of the ones that missed, and I'll get into that a little more with that one. Um, but that actually was really my intro to the floor was the Coronado. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that really was the one I first started. So, you, so you went backwards. That's I went a little. I yeah, and then I got the Lajero, but but really my first floor I had was the Coronado. Um, interesting. So it was just someone who was a big fan that gave it to me. So, uh, yeah. Um, so my last pick uh-huh. is Thomas Jefferson. 
And like you, I thought about Thomas Jefferson, the man, and I thought about what was he was. And like, yeah, again, he was an innovator and inventor. And he was also a man of many hats. One would call he was a workaholic. Yeah. Like like Benjamin Franklin, right. a very notorious schedule working around the clock. He infamous, infamously would read four books at a time. He invented the Lazy Susan, not because he wanted to make sure that spices could get around the kitchen table to other people on the other side of the table. He invented the Lazy Susan so that he could read four books at once. Right. Yeah, you heard that right. He wanted to read four books at one time, so he invented <laughs> the Lazy Susan. And he That's would read um, page by page four books as it spun around. Yeah. Bear, people are really appreciating your knowledge of history in this business, by the way. It's just been coming up a lot more lately. <laughs> some of the people I talk to. So this is some fun shit, man. Like I know, like, yeah, but like people the, really like, like are amazed with your yeah. There's there's a clock that still works at Monticello that Thomas Jefferson invented. It's never been fixed. Yeah. It's a clock that works. Yep. And it he actually drilled a hole in the floorboard so that the and, and forgive me, I'm don't I know clock vocabulary, but basically it tells the day, the time, like seasons. It, it does like four fucking things. It's freaking crazy. And like the there's a chain, a ball and chain that kind of droops that kind of that goes down and it's part of the, it's part of the inner mechanics of the clock, but it, it, it's so long it hit the floorboard. So what did he do? He didn't want to make a clock. They were shorter and it, he had already permanently mounted it on the wall and he didn't want to take it off and move it higher. So he fucking drilled a hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, drill was like, there weren't electronic drills like that. He right. cut a hole in the wall in the floor so that the clock could go to and go below the floorboards. Right. Crazy. It's I wonder if we're gonna have the same pick now. Fascinating stuff. So he's a he's a workhorse, man. He's a workaholic, right? Man. And when you think about workaholics, like what's the, like what's the, what's the cigar that <laughs> that Lito Gomez has ridden to fame and notoriety and place in history? And of course, you got to pick a double hero, man, because double hero is was the thing that replaced Lajero was like the better thing, man. And he didn't, I have to give him credit, the restraint. He could have gone triple and quadruple Hero by now. You know, we're fucking 25 years into this, almost 30 years into this. He could have done that, right? So uh, my pick for Thomas Jefferson is the workhorse of the La Florida Minicana portfolio. It is the double Lajero, also known as the DL700 Maduro. Wait, you went the DL700? Yes. Interesting. Okay, so we didn't do what I thought. Uh, but you went with Maduro. You went with the Maduro. And I so thought you went with the 60 by six and a half. Yes. A 60 okay. just for you, Coop. Not okay. just for you. It's my pick. All right. Okay. You should, you, so it's we don't have the same one. Okay. It's the workhorse pick, man. It's the workhorse. Thomas Jefferson. I see where you went with that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you went with two double Lajeros. Yeah. And, and that's totally valid, by the way, with the rules. Uh, this is Batola based. And with the different blends, you actually went with different blends. You went with the, uh, you went with the Maduro here. Yes. Wow. I believe wow. it's their number one seller. It, 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 I, I'm pretty sure it is the D. You know, I didn't I, that. I, I had a different cigar in mind when you were talking about this, but uh, wow, I, I can't argue with that. The DL700, it's a monster. I mean, it has to be their number one skew, if not. 
Yeah. I, and I'm proud of you for picking a 60 ring gate. So, you know, the DL700 doesn't get recognized as a, as a 60 ring for some. It doesn't. And, and it's absolutely, yeah, that's what's amazing. It's like, and we, you know, we've always talked about these companies that have done the big ring gate cigars. All right. So let's, you know, we've talked about them at Nauseam. Asylum, EPC, Perdomo. LaFleur's right in that mix with this. And that's because that's yeah. a monster branded. And well, I don't think e- they get the recognition for that 60s. If, if, if you think about it, it's Little Big Brother, The Digger. The Digger actually is more known for its length and smoking time than it is mm-hmm. for its girth. Yeah. It's a 60 gauge as well. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, so, it's a very important. Yep. Wow. Just, yeah. For whatever it's worth. All cool. right. You got Roosevelt left, right, man? Yep. So we were where I started. So, that's where you end. All right. So Roosevelt, kind of the the bull moose, the kind of the I want to use the word. It's aggressive. You know, he's larger than life in a lot of ways, right? So you know, I kind of went with this. I could have picked Andalusian bull for him, right? But I had another cigar in mind. Now, what I really find interesting about this exercise is how Bear and I approach this, right? And and um. We both, you know, Bear focused on two blends in the double Lajero line, right? But I went with a different Batola and I went with the Digger Maduro. Nice. I, so, because that cigar, it doesn't have the production levels of a DL700, it, it never will. But can you think of another eight and a half inch cigar that is in demand like the, the Digger is? Like that is how many people want that diggers? Like how many people want those diggers? Right. Right. Think about is there another cigar more than seven inches out there that is sought after like the digger? And in a lot of ways, the digger is considered people forget it's part of the double hero line. Right. And I went with the Maduro just to kind of do a different blend here. But and it is and you know what? you nailed it. The 60 ring gauge is secondary here to yeah. the eight and a half inches right but that cigar in my opinion has it wasn't necessarily they did anything like sexy like they did with the chisel or the solomon on the coast but they created this eight and a half inch cigar that's a staple of the portfolio and frankly no one else's people have tried to do it and had not been able to replicate it and i look back at teddy roosevelt he was a guy, one of a kind guy like, I don't think there was another like character or another president that you could say tried to be another Teddy Roosevelt. They, they just couldn't be that, right? And that's why I said I have to go with the digger with that one because, again, it's, it's a unique thing. It's a different it, – it's a limited production size. Again, because, again, when you have to get wrappers that for a cigar that big, it's tough to kind of do that, right? So this is a cigar that always probably is going to be tough to get. But you can't argue the impact of this cigar and that people yeah. love, love this cigar, right? And again, with all due respect to some of Asylums, they've done eight-inch cigars and they've done some very good ones. Um, this this is the one, I think, as far as when you go like a, an ongoing production over seven inches or over seven and a half, let's say, because you no know, Count Lanceros, it's t- you get into that range. Eight, eight, this is eight. We're talking eight and a half inches now. Uh, it cre- they created, remember, they did one bigger. They did the Doomsday one. Mm-hmm. Which was a, a, a uh, I, I had the privilege of smoking that cigar with Big Scott. Uh, rest in peace, Big Scott. Big Scott Cunius loved his diggers and he loved his doomsday diggers. Uh, we smoked the doomsday digger one night. 
Uh, I have I have one. I, I've been wanting to smoke it on the anniversary of him passing. It's just been a timing thing why I haven't been able to do it. But I have one more Doomsday Digger. I'm going to smoke in honor of him, hopefully next time, uh, next May when we do it. But yeah, um, I went with the Digger hit there. We, we, we were thinking alike with this double the hero line, which is a very, again, very important line. That's why I had to go in the order I did. I, I, it's kind of weird. I picked three cigars that lines that may not be the sexiest Lafleur lines, but I think they're impactful lines. And I, I can't, by the way, I can't argue with your DL seven hundred pick there. That that's a that's a fantastic pick. Uh, it's a it's a really good pick. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, I think it's my only non sexy pick. But when you think about like when you when I, again, and I think it's 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 unfortunate it's unfortunate when you think about the four presidents that are on Mount Rushmore, but Jefferson is, t- is probably the least sexy of the four of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you have the mystique and the iconicism of George, George Washington. Right. Cause you have the military background. Jefferson was an academic. Right. And you yeah. can say the same thing about Lincoln, but Lincoln actually never fucking graduated from college. Just point of, you know, put, putting that out there. Um, he was a lawyer. He never went to law school, you know, yeah, and he practiced law. Just want to point that out. Uh, love right. early American on history, but, but Jefferson was an academic and, you know, you know, he was, the, he penned the greatest piece of writing in American history at the beginning of American history at the beginning Coop. Yep. Like it's not just an iconic piece of paper with great writing. It is the most iconic, important, well-written piece of of American writing, and he did it in the beginning of American history. It gets them. It's like the Unbreakable Records. We're going to talk about Unbreakable Records here later on. I know. But like, it's the Unbreakable Record, man. No one is going to write another piece of important. No one is going to write something as well and as important as Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, but when you think about him and you match him against those other three guys, he's the least sexy of them. Uh, totally agree. Ironically, I gave him the, the sexiest Vitola was probably the chisel I, I gave him, but it was more because of his academic thinking and just kind of you know out of the box. In, yeah, he was interviewed. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I went with it. Yeah. I think when we map this to the presidents, it makes it so much more interesting, this exercise of just picking four cigars. Um uh, we kind of pair it with the president, which I think is really, it's just like I said, it's, I, I've not seen, like a lot of people have done Mount Rushmore's um, since we've done him on uh, this. We did it originally on Stogie Geeks years ago, 10 years ago. So, um, but you know, a lot of people have done them, but we're the only ones I know that have done it with presidents. But we've actually said, okay, let's try to map it to the president. It always yeah. actually bears idea. He came up with the concept because the first time we did this, uh, I didn't map it to the president. I'm like, this is a great idea. We need to do this now going forward to the president. So, yeah, it was, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun when you think about like the historical context of of the. So we 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 did have three of the four blends the same. I wasn't totally far off. Yeah, I mean, you could argue this is a lot of chalk, right? I mean, with the exception of probably the NFT. Right, the NFT. Um, we had a different like point of view on that one. I mean, there were a lot, well, I, mean, I want to get in because we're going to get into some of the cigars that missed. Right. Um, and maybe this is a good time to do that. Right. So actually I want to start, I want to kick that off Coop, if it's all right with you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to make a proclamation and this is, this has been a long time coming. Um, 
I've been asked this for years and, and it's changed over the years. So the DL 700 natural was probably like my was, is, is still a go-to for me. I still enjoy that cigar. Yeah, whole line. I love that whole line. Like all yeah. of the tolls are great. Yeah. Cameroon cabinet, you know, uh, another favorite of mine, Oscuro. Colorado Oscuro. Yeah. Uh, Colorado Oscuro is probably one of, is still one of my favorite cigars. Um, the chapter one since its inception was kind of been, it's kind of been my consistent, like, favorite i suppose but i've smoked more and more of these cigars this cigar over the years and it since has become my favorite and i just absolutely adore it and it's just perfect and it's balanced it's heavy it's sweet in a really weird way you would think i'm going to say a maduro i'm not it's actually a natural and it's the Oro Natural, and it didn't make my Mount Rushmore. Came close with me, Joe. It was I, uh, that is my favorite Lafleur Minicana cigar, the Oro Natural, and it is perfectly balanced. It is sweet. It's strong. It's spicy. It, it's strong. It's earthy. It's strong, guys. <laughs> it, it's try smoking so one in the back of a car with Lido. It's so fucking good. <laughs> And not the chisel, and not the chisel, the Oro Natural. Oh, I know, I know. The chisel is brings another level of strength. That's to another it. level to it. Yeah, yeah another yeah. level of strength. Yeah. So I think all three are fantastic. Yeah. The, the Oro Natural is my favorite Florida Minicana of all time. Yeah, no, it's that's a good one. Um, you know what missed? Chapter one was a close one. I wanted, I was thinking about putting Tony on there, right? And it was the problem was with chapter one is I had to go back to the to the double Lajero. Um, which is again, I kind of looked at it as a a founding forefather, you know, to, you know, that was a necessary step to get the chapter one, but it is a great, it's nothing to take away from Tony. It, if you, if you maybe, if we, if, if, if Mount Rushmore goes to five, uh, you know, it's not, so I can't put it on there, but uh, that, that one was the one of this and Coronado missed it as well. Coronado went away for a while, which I was very disappointed when that went away, but you know, it was those Coronados that really I started smoking because when I when I moved to Charlotte, um, you know, I was in the old Outland Cigars and the old Outland Cigars was a um, it was very much a, a big ring gauge uh, shop, um, you know, so, you know, there was some there's some big sizes in that Coronado for sure. And it did get LaFleur that number two on that first list. You know, it was the number two behind the Padron 40th that year. Right. Uh, a great cigar. I think when they brought it back, they brought it back. Uh, I, I would have kept. I like the old packaging better. I ain't gonna lie, but I understand why they brought it back. They wanted to LFD size it, so it made a lot of sense to do that. Um, to definitely have that one in there. The other one people would probably mention to me is where are the small batches? This one I struggled with because there's two great small. I've had a lot of great small batches. Every single fucking one of them is great. There was Holy one shit. I didn't like. One of the five, they did two fives. I think one of the fives I didn't like, but it wasn't bad. It was again, it was the, my least favorite. But do I do small batch six? Or I do about small seven. Do I, I never had small batch one. Uh, and then if you're doing small batch, that's really an offshoot of the Lito Gomez line. Yeah. And I did really consider the Lito Gomez line. Um, um, quite a bit. I did, you know, uh, I did consider it. That's the single farm. 
release right now. And at the time, it was a single vintage release. Um, it uh, since then has now become a single farm, but not single vintage anymore. There is a chisel in that one as well. And I thought about maybe killing two birds with one stone with that one. Well, but again, you can argue you can argue that the LG line is the royalty of La Florida Minicana. And I don't mean to speak disparagingly against it, but if we're staying on theme, royalty is kind of the anti-patriotic thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I would I would argue I would argue that LG is the crowned jewel because it encapsulates it encapsulates so much of what La Florida Minicana yeah. and Lito Gomez is and is for this yeah. industry, right? Like I think I think it's it has its place in greatness, but it's in terms of Mount Rushmore, you know, if you want to be a little on the nose, I'd say it's the crown jewel and it kind of that's kind of anti-patriotic when we think about American uh, history. Yeah, I get it too. I kind of get that too. Um, and and, at, least, and <laughs> at least that's the sick way of looking at it yeah. for me. Yeah, and again, Lito didn't invent the single vintage, single farm concept. He certainly, there's a few people out there who have really contributed to making it what it is. And he's certainly one of them. You know, I always give Pete his credit with the Verite series, too, with that. Uh, he did a sure. great job with that. Um, even Tarano did did one one year. It was pretty good. The, 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 was it the single vintage it was called? That, that, that was a good good Tarano. They did that one about 12 years ago. So, uh, but yeah, that you know, that one was another one that... Um, I well, thought it was good. Well, a fan favorite that's come up a couple of times, it came up in the comments even before we went live tonight and some of the ads for the show. And then it's come up a couple of times tonight too. I, I think, you know, one of, one of my uh, favorite jokes that I love to lay on Skid, Mar uh, Skid Martin's lap is that, you know, like I was selling his cigars when he didn't have labels. And that was a challenge. It was he fun. Didn't think, it was a fun he challenge. Didn't, the guy who didn't think he needed labels, by the way. Yeah. And which he, which I understood put, where he was coming from. I'm not knocking him on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And when he put labels on it, it changed, it changed yeah. the game forever. But but LaFleur has been, when you think about unlabeled cigars, right? The Grand Cojonu Tatsuaje. Yep. He that was unlabeled for a long time. Yeah. He eventually puts a label on it. Skip Martin Romacraft eventually put labels on it. Edge finally puts labels on it. Yep. Rocky had to do that because he was getting counterfeited. Yeah. The LFD cabinet Maduro number five has never had a label. Wow, that's a good good one. Yeah, it's, and it's a great cigar. It's a great cigar. Yeah. It's been mentioned. It's mentioned a number of times tonight. So yeah. And and I think it again. I think it has. I think it has its place. When you when you think about it, this, this is this is why this night was very important to me because we're we're talking about so many cigars that didn't make it, that are just so that are are in that vein of greatness. Wow. Like they're, like can you can you like honestly could like like some of the cigars that we've mentioned like in one way shape or form or another like they could you could make an argument for almost every cigar that we've mentioned for a place for a place in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and they're yeah, they're all Hall of Fame cigars that we talked about. There's really not one of these that uh, even the NFT cigar. I get, I wouldn't have picked it, but it's you can't argue. It's Hall of Fame cases weaker than some of these other ones that we have mentioned that didn't make. It. You know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a uh, what do you call it? Found like a founders kind of category. 
you know, of the rock music era, you know, where they, they've given guys maybe not necessarily had Hall of Fame careers, but they were foundational guys. And, and you know, certainly you have to put some of these in there. You know, the, uh, I'll give you one that we ha- didn't talk about at all tonight, the Double Claro, which is a very, very good Candela, by the way. If you're, you know, if you're a Candela guy, I mean, Florida is a great, the Double Claro is a great Candela. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I sent Dave Burke, who is the Candela guy on the team. I sent him the Fox Cigar Bar ones they did in the in the uh, the the uh, M size, you know. And he loves that cigar. So um, it's just you know they've done some great things with Candela as well. Well, you know, you mentioned Colorado Squirrel. I don't think Colorado Squirrel it gets its due. That's kind of an annual release. Never does. Semi-annual. It's a semi-annual. Semi-annual. Okay. I remember when it first came out at the trade show. September and March. September and March. Yeah. Great one, right? Another line that I missed, we haven't seen this line in over 11 years, is the Limitado series. Oh, God, right? I mean, they haven't done Limitado since 2012. That was the five they did. Do you remember the double pressed? Oh. They did a TA double press, too, yeah. So until so everyone knows my 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 love for for the Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust Sober Mesa, the original, the OG, the, the OG. original release, right? It's still my favorite Saka cigar. You know, and I hear a lot yeah. of guys talk about that cigar. Um, I can tell you two guys who always talk about that cigar. You know, Stace Berkland, mm-hmm. uh, and then Kevin Shahan is very big on that 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 sober Loomis. Mesa. Loomis and, and, I, Loomis, are, and Loomis yeah. too. Yeah, I can't Loomis hates everything, and yeah, he likes you know so. Um, so yeah, the but so the the reason I bring that cigar up in comparison to the double press, yeah, is before Silver Mesa hit the market. I used to, when I was working in retail, I used to say the double press was the perfect medium bodied cigar. Yep, it was the perfect yep. balanced medium bodied cigar. We're gonna talk about packaging in a minute. Hated the packaging because I broke a lot of their cigars. Love the concept. Just double press, right? Like you got cigars on one side, you open up another light. It was really cool, but this klutz over here broke a lot of cigars. So sorry. Sorry, yeah. Lito. Sorry, Mike. I used to work for Mike Peacock. So yeah. Sorry. <laughs> broke a lot of those. It was not intentional. I, I swear to God. Yeah. No, they uh absolutely. Um and, you know, we, we didn't talk about the air. Well, we did talk about the airbender. Uh, like I said, that was one that took me. Uh, but certainly the airbender has done, you know, it is really it, that kind of brought LaFleur back into the medium bodied world. I thought when that happened. Where they would they were doing that. So, um, you know, like I said, we've mentioned a lot. You know, we didn't mention, you know, I think Lenox is certainly uh, has its fans. I. uh I like I've gotten to really grow to like Lenox a lot over the past few years. That's another one. It took me a little while to warm up to the Lenox. Okay, so I still don't like it. Shoot me. That's okay. You know, it's so- I I I don't get it. I don't know. I don't I don't when I say I don't get it, I don't get why I don't like it. I don't understand. I should like it. Yeah. The blends the blends like on paper the blend is phenomenal. Yeah, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't hit my palate. It's so weird, and it's not like it's not like like I don't think it's a dog rocket. It's not like it. It's not like scoring in the lower low eighties for me. But like cigars that we talked about tonight are like all ninety plus for me. Yeah, right? 
which you know my scoring and how tough I can be. Like well, ninety Knox is not that. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we have been very very stingy with nineties uh, on this team as of late. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get why I don't like it. I should like it. I, I gave like Salia ninety one. I gave Salia ninety one, and that's that. That is that will catapult it most likely into top ten at this point, maybe higher. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, you know the one cigar that I don't want to say it was a disappointment. I just don't know if it ever captured what it was supposed to do. Was La Volcada? La Volcada. La Volcada is a better cigar. I agree. Lavoca is a better cigar than, than Lenox. And I, I'm not saying it was a flop. I don't think it's a flop, but I don't hear that cigar. I just, it doesn't get, I think it's overshadowed by so many of the other cigars. So, okay. So here's the point, right? I don't get Lenox, right? Like I don't, it, I, it should, like I said, I should love it. I don't love it. Um, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Right. I think that's how everyone feels about Lavoca. Yeah. If I had to go with bizarre reason. Yeah. If I had to go with like what I call, and I kind of put all these in the same category, Lenox, La Bocata, and Soli. Soli's the best of the three. By far. It's it's you know, I kind of put those as like they're kind of you know, they don't do a lot of size, they're pretty limited. Those are more limited. Avocado and Soli are pretty close for me. It's an interesting point of discussion. Well, I'm not, and Lavocado is a good cigar. I'm not, I'm just not knocking it. I'm not saying you're knocking I'm not saying you're knocking it. Yeah. If I, if I did a survey of popular Florida Minicana cigars, I think Lavocado might be towards the bottom. And it's kind of like, that would surprise me. Hmm. So you're love, you're, so my Lenox is your Lavocado. That makes sense. No, I like Lavocado better than Lenox. I, I, but I've gotten oh. to like Lenox better. If I had to rate the three, it's, it's Soli first, Lavocado second, Lenox third. And okay. I didn't think I was going to like the Soli. That was when I was like, I don't know if this blend's really going to set me on fire. It's another Habano blend. Blah, blah, blah. And, and that thing is amazing. And I've smoked a lot of those Solis. So well, I, feel kinda, like very, I feel qualified to kind of say that's a great cigar. We've kind of danced around this cigar quite a bit tonight. You're smoking it right now. The Salomon Unico series is so fucking cool. Oh, it's great. I mean, this is, uh, this is a Maduro I'm smoking. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to review that cigar because there's so many different variations of it, you know, and I think they all do smoke different. Some have different wrappers. Uh, there's different nuances with them, uh, but it's quintessential LaFleur. You know, it's a, it's a great Solomon. The guitar string. Yeah. That they have on some of them that go from yeah. top to cap to cap to foot. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so fucking awesome. Yeah. Man. I mean, it, it, yeah. And we didn't even talk about the football cigars, which again, I think they're too limited and too regionalized to, to put on a Mount Rushmore. But they have created an excitement uh, every year around the Super Bowl. I know Fuente's done there, so I'm not trying to disrespect the Fuente. But they did a well, football shape. Carlitos, the to- Carlitos, known as the toy maker, right? I would like, man, like, I, man, you want to talk about a head-to-head battle that you would love to see, right? Carlito and and LFD guy. That makes you know. These you know, I was at the factory and I saw a bunch of the. Uh, Football cigars, like I was like, oh, maybe I could get so one. From they weren't, yeah, they weren't giving those out, but uh, but I did see a room with them aging in them, so uh, which was pretty cool, yeah. And it's and that's a work, that's another work, another company that does great works of art with the artesian stuff as well with their cigars. Um, but I think the, I think the football, the special football edition, it does create an excitement. It brings something to the city that's having it. I think the floor has really tried to kind of. Do they try to do events in these cities to the best they can? It's hard to do it. Um, some cities are bigger than others. 
some have embraced the cigar better than others, you know. But uh, you know, I know when the Super Bowls were in the uh, Florida and Miami area, they were right in the middle of COVID, which was right in the floor's backyard. So, um, but that, that's a you know, I think that's a great great release. And Dave and I just smoked them on the jukebox show to add earlier tonight. So uh, we Dave smoked the 2023. I smoked the 2020. By the way, I think the 2023 is still my favorite of the football cigars, the one we smoked this year. I think it's the best one they did. So, uh, but that's our Mount Rushmore, Dave. Dave, did I call you Dave? I did, did. call you Dave. Second time tonight. I'm getting, I just, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm getting old. No, Bear, that was, yeah. So that was, um, yeah, we're going to change your name to Dave. Um, yeah, but I think so. I think we've, we've kind of hit a lot of things with that. Um, anything else you want to do before we kind of move on? We have some other little floor themes we're going to be doing tonight. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. But yeah, that's my Mount Rushmore. Yep. Thanks, uh, everybody, for playing yep. along with this. But we got some great stuff. We got some great yep. stuff coming up. Yep. So stick around. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go right into American History segment. Uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna announce who's gonna be sponsored. We have a new sponsor for the American History segment announced very shortly. So uh, stay tuned on that. We're excited about that, but it will continue on that. Um, but what I did there tonight, and I may start doing this a little more as we you know, evolve the show, is I picked a year, right, in American history, right? And the year I picked was 1994. A cigar we did not talk about tonight, the 1994. Because yes. when they did that, but I, that wasn't a cigar I was a big fan of until they did that tango size, that small, that small <clears> size, <throat> that was the one to me that 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 totally won me over with that size. I think it's the best size I did. And the other one is uh, the the Stein Maduro, which I wish they would bring that back. Yeah, I, I have, wish I, I have two of them. I have two beer steins. Wow. So um, so do you remember? I want to talk about this real quick before we get into this, this segment, just yeah. briefly. Do you remember the conversation that we were a part of when? John Carney took us to dinner that night at PCA. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember and we were that talking night. about, it was, we talked about the 25th anniversary yep. of, La, of La Florida Minicana. Right. And he poised the, posed the question, you know, and we were getting, we were just having fun conversations. He posed the question about why people weren't excited about the 20th, 25th anniversary. And I very candidly said, John, I think it's because the 20th anniversary, the 1994 series was very misunderstood. I think it was too. I and was. that's, 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 I think it's, I think it's very misunderstood and I think it's very wrong. Agree. People to misunderstand it. Agree. Agree. And that was my point that night. I was like, I, I, I want to make this clear. Like I'm, and I wasn't playing to the home crowd that night. I was saying, I want to make this very clear. I'm a fan, but that cigar was so misunderstood, unfortunately. And so I think that's why people weren't as excited about the 25th, which ended up being a fucking amazing cigar. Holy shit. Yeah, 25th anniversary was a killer. There's another one that we didn't talk about tonight. That cigar is uh, fucking incredible. I got I got to ask John a question. I don't see it on their website. It's in 1994. Oh, I do. Uh, correction, it is. It's on there. I, I had it. I was say, hovered. I, I was hovered. I was hovered over it. Apologies, it is on there. So what happens when you hover over it? It it kind of wipes out the name. Is what happened. So I was literally hovered over it. Okay. So yeah, it's right next to the double arrow. So my mistake. Apologies. Um. The Tango, yeah. And it was the Tango that came out the year after. It was that line extension to the Tango. I thought that was the best size. And again, it kind of helped me educate me on the rest of that blend when I went back to it as well. Um, and, you know, 30s is coming out next year, I think. So, I mean, I think yes. that's the plan. I don't know if it's coming out PCA. 
maybe we don't know if we'll see it there because it's going to be early, but they have a 30, they have something planned for the 30th. I know that. That's exciting. Yeah. After the 25th, I'm so excited. Yeah. God, that cigar was so goddamn good. Yep. Oh, that, that Maduro, the beer sign Maduro. Oh, and the beer sign. Oh, yeah, the 30th, the, 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 the 25th. The beer sign was so good. Yeah. The, the 25th, um, you know, we talked a lot of the reasons why I think that cigar, I, I think they announced it way too late was the other thing with that. I don't think it had enough of the 25th branding on it. Uh, but it was a very good cigar. And it was something in the, it, it was an offshoot of Andalusian Bull. But it was an excellent cigar. Mm-hmm. Excellent cigar they did. And they do release those from time to time, I think, still. So, so yeah, nothing to take yeah, away I from see the them point. on occasion. Yeah. But I think they announced that thing way too late. It was like announced the day before the show or something like that. And I think that kind of hurt them a bit. Where 1994 had a bigger lead in for the 20th anniversary. At the time, it was the 20th anniversary in 2014. Yeah. Cool. So American history segment. Sorry, I digressed. Yeah, no, I did. so I picked the year 1994. All right. And we're going to talk a little about 1994. We, we, we tend to talk, we won't talk a little about modern history. So I thought it was a little interesting. And what I did, is I came up with four items for you. Okay. Three of these items took place in 1994 and one did not. Okay. So there is a little bit of a trick with this. I'm not going to lie to you, but I don't think I did anything underhanded. But so basically, you know, it's it, you have to figure out which one it's not, right? And I'm going to read you the four things that happened in four things that I say happened in 1994, but one is a lie. All right, the first one. Did they all happen? They all happen. Yeah, there's no okay. lie. They, all, so the, yeah, there's no fake history or anything. Right, like that. so one didn't happen in 1994. No fake yeah. news. Okay. I, I knew I couldn't fool you with a fake one, right? There was a that wasn't going to happen, right? Just was, make, up, make up some phony piece of legislation. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. All right. Keep going. All right, here are the four items. Number one, Judge Stephen Breyer is sworn into the Supreme Court of America, the U.S. Supreme Court of America. Number two, President Bill Clinton signs the National Highway System Designation Act into law, ending the federal mandate of the 55 mile per hour speed limit. Great moment in American history. Just want to point that out. Yep. We're going to go to Bill Clinton again. President Bill Clinton announces his. Don't ask, don't tell policy regarding homosexuals serving in the American military. Okay. And the fourth one is President Richard Nixon dies at age 81. Okay, so that's out. That was in April of 1994. Wow. Yeah, you got you nailed that one. I, I, you nailed that one. So that, that one's out. All right. Yep. Um, you're, you're, so, yeah, you're, you're correct on that. That did happen in 1994. So, Breyer was a, was a Clinton nominee. Clinton took office and was elected in 92, took office in 93. So Breyer, Breyer was Breyer was a Breyer was a Clinton dish. Was that ninety four? Okay, let's move on to the other one. All right. So the so the don't ask, don't tell policy, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that happened in nineteen ninety four, and I can fucking tell you why. This is crazy. So everyone's gonna like everyone's gonna laugh at me now. So yes, I was so in nineteen ninety four. I was eleven years old. Um, just want to point that out. Right. And yes, every morning I would go to the kitchen table. I would eat my bowl of cereal for breakfast and I would read the newspaper. Yes. I would read the newspaper, mostly box scores. Okay. So I wasn't too yep. much that much of a geek, yep. but I remember 
reading the article in the El Paso Times about how Bill Clinton had passed the had announced his "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" policy. It was, it was a directive. It was an executive yeah. order, I believe. Yeah, ex- yeah. So I yeah, and that was in 1994. Right. So Land, was, landmark landmark thing in the history of this country, by the way. People, I don't think yes. I, really, people realize how landmark this, but that was 1994 as well. Yes. So that was 1994. So Nixon's out. Don't ask, don't tell us out. Prior to the Supreme Court. And then the other one was the National Highway System Designation Act, right? Yep. Am I allowed to ask you a question about yeah. one of these topics? Yeah. When did he uh, when did Breyer retire again? Uh I don't know the answer to that. Let me look. Was that 16? No, it wasn't 16. It was 18, right? It was under Trump. Yeah, it was 18. 2022. 2022. That's right, because... That's right. So Biden's pick replaced Breyer. Yeah, I was wrong on that. Yeah, I thought it was Trump as well. Probably had a very long run uh, as a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Thomas has been around since Bush won. Yeah. Just want to point that out. Um, I, you know what? You know, Bear, I, I think I think it's what? I was going to say, if there was a Democratic president, Part of me would have think Pryor might have gotten the chief justice when there was time for a new chief justice. Oh, he absolutely would have been. Yeah, it would have been the chief justice if it happened. No, actually, Bush talked about that. W talked about that. Talked about how he he actually considered it. Believe it or not. Yeah, but, I, I mean, it would have been it would have been political suicide. But he thought it would have been. Yeah, they they ended up like Roberts got like on the court and got right to he he fast tracked right to the chief justice. Is what they did. I thought that was an interesting t- historical moment. They, yeah, it was too. But yeah, you know, yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, he was. Really, what's really funny, if you want to think about historical significance, right? So Roberts, you know, like everyone was up in arms about him being fast tracked, right? And they're like, "Oh my God, blah blah blah." He's actually one of the more moderate judges. But he, yeah, <laughs> when I mean, you was, think about it, like his yeah. decision record. Yeah. Um, yeah, Breyer was ninety four because he wasn't ninety five. He was ninety four. He so, was yeah. 94. Yeah. He was, 90, so, he, he was so 94. Process of elimination. It was the Highway System Designation Act. Yes, which was 95. It was going to say 96. Okay. 95. Yeah, it was, it was. But here was the thing that people didn't realize when that passed. I knew, first, I, knew was, I knew it was first term. So when that passed, it didn't. Then the states had to go ahead and, and change it. Right. So then I'm I sorry about when he signed it. He signed it in yeah. his first term. Yeah. Right. Because the Western states immediately made the changes. It didn't make its way into the Northeast till about four or five years later. Yeah, when they finally. Oh, we, Montana went fucking ape shit with that dude. Unlimited fucking speed limit. I'm a hundred mile an hour. They were yeah. like, the Autobahn is here in yeah, the United yeah, States. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. But uh, you know, I remember when I f- first went on uh, a 75 mile speed limit out west. It was it was amazing. Uh, there are two that, stretches you know, in Texas where the speed limit's 80. It's fucking phenomenal. I think I've been on a stretch of 80 uh in the north part of Texas. I want to say. Um, I think part of I-40 is at 80 miles an hour. 
You know what? You're right. In the pan, there's three parts. So there's a stretch from to my hometown. So there's a stretch on Highway Interstate 10. Yeah. Between uh, Van Horn and Fabens, just before you get into El Paso, where right. it's, it's 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 80, 85, 80. I think it's 80, 85. Yep. Uh, then there's there's a stretch outside uh, uh, that it's kind of a loop around Austin to San Antonio. So if you take from 35, there's a loop that goes around Austin and into San Antonio. And that's there's a stretch there that's the same the same speed. Um, yes. So cool stuff there. Uh, and then there's one in the Panhandle, right? There's three. There's three yep. stretches of Texas. Yep. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Great, great choices. Interesting. Yep. You know, Clinton. Clinton has. You know, Clinton gets that. That. So, you know, like for every presidency, I think there's like this. There's this moment, like I think, like love somewhere indifferent towards these presidents like they're they're kind of earmarked for their 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 moments like bill clinton will always be known for monica Lewinsky, unfortunately right that's just it yeah that's the that's the first sentence you know when people talk about him for george w bush it's 9 11 right you know yep. for for donald trump it's january 6th you know I'm trying to think of obama but Oh, the uh, na- national healthcare, right? So that those are the like presidents are kind of always earmarked for their 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 like almost their one thing, but we forget in the span of four to eight years, the exception of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, or sometimes less in the case of JFK, right? Like there's always that there's always that one thing about them that's that's the first line in the bio, right? And you know, sometimes it's something really cool. Sometimes it's not, <laughs> but it's always that one thing. Um, and you could go back through history with it, you know, uh, with it. So um, here's my question. Do you think Ronald Reagan is more known, most known for Star Wars or for, um, or, you know, I'm talking about the, the, yeah. the, the, the rise of mil- the mil- military in under his, or or the freeing of the hostages. What's Star Wars? Like, okay, I'm going to argue the latter, but but it's interesting, right? Like, you, you, okay, so like, the, there's some like some discretion in the one thing, but every president has it. Yeah, it's Watergate for Nixon. I mean, it's probably the most fucking obvious one, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. LBJ, civil rights. We're going to go with that. Civil rights. LBJ, civil rights. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, I'd say. Israel and Egypt, although yeah. the Iranian crisis thing, but I think oh. the uh, Camp David Accords were huge under Jimmy Carter. I think where are Ford? I think Ford is the pardoning of Nixon. I hate to say it. It is. Yeah, I hate. It to is. Say it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it is. Uh, it's the first sentence, right? Yeah. But again, it's the first and like again, sometimes it's unfair, sometimes it is fair, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Yeah. But it's the thing, right? So LBJ it's civil rights. JFK, I mean it's it's unfortunate, but like you think about like, you know, the Bay of Pigs, the the the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. It should yep. be the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's not. It's the assassination. Yep. It's his assassination. It's his death that everyone talks about. Yep. You know. Yeah. 
this isn't what he's known for, but if we want to talk about history of the highway system in America, thank you. Thank you, Dwight Diaz. My dad now, yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing something with that. Actually, it was kind of funny, but I consider that more of a geography than a history. The event, yeah, him creating the interstate was a historical event, but when you start getting into the, the, the highway system, which is a, a fascinating organism to untangle of what was done with that, it's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, I don't think people realize what the interstate highway system has done and changed this country, and they take a lot for granted with that. So Jay brings up an interesting quote for Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, take down this wall. That's yeah, the, that, I, that's his quote. That's like the that is the like, you know, that is people, his people. equivalent to like JFK's um, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That's that's but Reagan's. Pe- but people associate the Berlin Wall more with Reagan than Bush. And it came down on the Bush. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the that's the reason it's not his thing. Yep. Right. You know, for but for so again, so Bush the wall comes down in Bush, right? Ending the Cold War, the longest running war in right. America's history, right? But everyone talks about Desert Storm. It's Desert Storm. Bush, Turbo Walker Bush is is Desert Storm. Yeah. That's his yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. FDR is the only president. In the at least the twentieth and twenty first centuries, that doesn't have the one thing. He's got two. Yeah, it's World War Two and the Great Depression. Yeah, or, yeah. And, and like you could say that the New Deal is part of the Great Depression conversation, but like it's that that that's yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the one president that like in the twentieth and twenty first century that doesn't have one thing. Yep. And it took him four, you know, three and a half, you know, three and change terms to to have two things. Yeah. Hey, Bear, I got to flip the AC for a second. So uh, just can you go for a minute? I just had to flip this AC down. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you could go back further with it. I don't want to bore the audience too much, but I, I think um, I think it's one of the most important. Like we, we, we've talked a lot about presidential history on the show, obviously, but I think it's it's worth noting that and the, the whole point of this exercise and the whole point of this part of this discussion was we were talking about these are four significant points in, in, in the Clinton administration that were pretty, you know, you know, you can argue degrees of importance, right, in national history, but, you know, there are very significant points in national, you know, significant things. You know, he got a Supreme Court justice appointed, you know, or very early in his administration. You know, he um, was also very, you know, he was also very important in the terms of, uh, in terms of civil rights, right, when you think about the, the equal treatment of homosexuals in the military. This is a landmark, you know, landmark executive order and decision on his part. And, you know, <laughs> the ending of a speed limit of 55 miles an hour, I think represents a lot more than what people say, like, oh, so he changed the speed limit. Who fucking cares? I think it was also taking into account, this was a federal mandate, right? The 55 mile an hour speed limit. And when he strips that away, in a very undemocratic, and when I talk about democratic, I'm talking about the Democratic Party. In a very dem- undemocratic thing, he takes the power away from the federal government and gives it back to the states. You know, um, that to me is pretty significant when you think about his political affiliation, right, Coop? If you're yep. back, he gave, he took, again, this, that's a very, it, it goes against democratic ideology. Right. When we're talking about the Democratic Party, 
you know, they're more for centrist uh, interests. They want the federal government involved more, and he stripped power away and gave it back to states. Yep. So. Yep, very true. And Nixon dying has nothing to do with Clinton, but yeah, that's. No, yeah. uh, but but Clinton played a lot of respect for him. I remember when that happened. It's it's a it's an interesting fraternal man. It's an interesting fraternity, yeah. and I think that like. I think especially in the modern age, like it's so foreign to, especially when you think in the wake of January 6th, right? And I'm not trying to get political here, but when Bush, who, Herbert Walker Bush, the first Bush, lost to Bill Clinton in 1992, that was a, that was a fucking whirlwind for him. And if you, if you read like some biographies of his, like, and if you read, actually, if you read, some biographies of W's. This came as a complete supply. He was shell shocked that he lost the election. He couldn't believe it. Oh, he he it was. And in the wake of all of that, right? The biggest disappointment in his lifetime. He extends the olive branch and he invites Bill Clinton over for dinner. It was a step before that, though. Mm-hmm. He wrote the letter to Bill Clinton. Yeah, which Clinton and, never like, like that was a big olive brand. You look at that too. It was because Clinton has talked. I don't think they've ever disclosed the letter, but other than Clinton was very appreciative of that letter. Well, it led to what would end up becoming a lifelong friendship to the to to to, to Bush's death. Yeah, it did. These two essentially rivals in modern American history. Right. Vicious campaign. Ninety two was a vicious election. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. It, you know, yeah, and yeah, and I'd give anything to go back to that. Yeah, I mean that's something that's always been. I think, um, and you know, again, I'm not gonna get political. What's happened recently? But go back to those days. Uh, even Jimmy Carter and Reagan had a very good trend. Vicious, vicious election. But Reagan said to Jimmy Carter, "You're gonna finish the job bringing these hostages home." He said, this is you because he because he, Jimmy Carter did do, you know, Jimmy Carter did his thing, you know, beforehand. And, and Reagan could have Reagan didn't swoop in and take the credit. He, he made sure Carter was a part of that. Um, And, you know, you can't argue that, you know, that that was and, a, a very, very classy thing by Reagan. Like I said, it's a very like it, from 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 Reagan to the first Bush to W. I, I'm not. I, I unfortunately, I'm not familiar with with uh, Donald Trump's relationship with Carter. But I think even like people who swayed on the other side of the aisle, there was this grand respect for Carter. Carter became the elder statesman after he left office. Is what he happened. did. He did more for this country afterwards. Office, he was not a good president. He was not a good president. He wasn't. But no. there was. He became this elder statesman because he was still young enough as as a former president to do that. He was so he he was the he was the he was the anti Nixon. Jimmy Carter was Jimmy Carter was a was the was the recipient of perfect timing in history and perfect personality. Yeah, because he was everything that Richard Nixon was not. Yep. 
he was everything that Richard Nixon was at. The only thing they had in common was the fact that they're both white men. Well, yeah, I'm not going to get political, but, you know, the, Richard Nixon. They both served in the Navy, too. Forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, Richard so. Nixon came in with the Vietnam War thing. And uh, I remember as a kid, Watergate was happening. I'll never forget. I watched uh, the Nixon resignation at my grandfather's house, uh, my dad's father. Um, but I remember saying as a kid, I said, well, Nixon ended the war. Why does everyone hate him? You know, I just, I didn't, I wasn't old enough to understand anything, you know, and it was, uh, it was interesting because Nixon ended the war. This was a hard, like, like Vietnam was a horrible thing when I was, when I was a kid. Like, I, you know, I, I remember yeah. seeing the TV body bags and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so I didn't quite understand it, you know, and then there were things I didn't understand back then. I was, I was a single, I was, uh, six and a half, I think when he left office. So. The, the thing about Vietnam is that, Is, is it's probably the most understood period in American history. Yeah, like, yeah. like there, I mean, people my age don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, people the younger than me will never understand yeah. like the, 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 the moment in history that it represented because I mean, it was, it's just like geopolitically speaking, like the, the rise of like the, the, the new left, you know, talk about like Hayden and like all those guys and stuff like that. And, you know, Jerry Rubin, you know, yeah. like that, like today, <clears throat> today, those equivalent to them would be like a laughing stock. Like yeah. for instance, Occupy Wall Street. Right. It's a great example of, uh, a neo leftist movement that just was became a laughing stock. Yep. It'll be a significant moment in history be just because of uh, its obnoxiousness. Yep. Um and again, I'm really not trying to get political, but like it the significance of like, you know, Jerry Rubin and Hayden and all those guys like was it like they had much more of political influence. Hayden went on to be a state senator for California. Um, they went on to like their significance in, in in political landscape, you know, wouldn't exist today. They they'd be laughed out of a room. And in a lot of ways they were back then too, but they were so popular. And some of the ideals that they represented eventually paved the way for, you know you know, groundbreaking legislation like the Civil Rights Act and things yep. like that too. Yep. And the end the actual ending of the war. Yeah. Which I mean, what a what a tryst of of what a tryst of fate, right? Nixon was the one that ended it, right? And yeah. you know, when you think of Hoffman, Rubin, Hayden, like the op the again, the the Carter Nixon comparison, right? Like you can't think of anyone more different than Nixon than you know, Hoffman and Rubin and Caden and those guys, like, that's crazy. And it was Nixon who ended the war. It was ex it was Nixon who eventually gave that, those, those political movements, what they had been campaigning for and fighting for, for their, their existence, which is crazy. Yep. But you had um kind of go taking it back. You had a couple of historical significant things that happened on this day. Um, yeah. September Not 1994. 5th. Now, yeah, but it's September 5th. 
Yeah, it's September 5th. So like uh, a couple of them was um, um, I lost my spot. Sorry, I lost my place. Um, so on September 5th, 1836, want to take a guess? I need something a little, I, I, it's too wide. Pertains to me. Pertains to my home. Texas, Texas became an independent country. Yes. Okay. And elected its first president. And on September 5th, 1836, Mr. Sam Houston took office as the first president of the of Republic Texas. of Texas. All right. Yep. And then nine years later, it got incorporated. Mm-hmm. Good one. Yeah. So on this day, September 5th, 1997, we have a famous death. Very sad, which oh, I know this one preceded. Yeah, this preceded right. by this death was another famous death, and one of the last things that this person did was write a letter to the person who's died, children, which are now famous. All right, I was going to say Princess Diana, but she was August thirty first. She was the one. Yes, she died. Yes, yeah, so she was the person who. This died person who died on September 5th, 1997, one of the last things they did was write a letter to uh, William and Harry uh, expressing uh, um, sympathies yeah. and condolences. Um, it wasn't JFK Jr. who died. No. He died. He died, I think, a couple years later. 99, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He died a couple years later. September 5th, 1997. This one, this one's a little close to home for you, Coop. Oh, is it a, oh, I should know this one. Close to home. Oh. Is it sports related? No, no. But on the contrary, very much not so. Okay. Um... Mother Teresa? Bingo. Okay, yeah, I thought she died. That's how I remember. Yeah, I thought Mother Teresa died that year. Yeah, she died yeah. just a few when weeks you said after. close to the home, I started thinking, then I went to my wife, and I'm like, yeah, it was right after. Right. Well, and again, I, I know you don't you don't advertise this too much, but I know you're, you're, you're Catholic. So I'm Catholic. Yeah, my wife was a Catholic theology major. People don't know that, too. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good one. Those are two good facts. So, so bear. I'm gonna. What we'll do as long as we're on the history thing. We'll we'll jump ahead to the Espinoza this day in sports history. Okay. Yeah. Of course, I want to mention sponsored by Espinoza Cigars, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinoza Six Hundred One and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinoza and smoke Espinoza. Every day. One of the great slogans, by the way, that smoke Espinosa every day. Espinosa every day. It's one of the good ones they came up with. I like that one. So tonight I didn't do a baseball one for you, Bear. I did a football one tonight. I know you yeah. got a baseball one. Mm-hmm. So 
two baseball ones, but yeah. yeah. All right. So on this day in 1994, Jerry Rice broke a very historic NFL record. What was that record he broke and who did he take the record from? So this is when we were talking about earlier in the show, when we were talking about unbreakable records. So Thomas uh-huh. Jefferson writing the Declaration of Independence, yep. no one will be able to break that record yep. of iconic American writing. Incredibly well-written. Um, this is fucking hard, dude. I got to tell you, he owns so many goddamn records. Yeah, this is a this big is- one. This is a big one. And what I will say is, it is, uh, it is not related to receptions. The kind, it's not related to the reception record. So not receiving yards, not reception. If it's big, then it's got to be total touchdowns. That's when he broke Jim Brown's record, 127, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah that's a big one. That's a big And, you yeah. know, I remember that. That was the opening. Thanks for the help. No. Thanks for the help. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 needed, I needed it, man. He owns so many records. He's like the Wayne Gretzky yeah, of football. Yeah. And, and, and I remember that because, you know, that was a strike year. That was a strike year. And, you know, we couldn't wait for football. And that was the, I believe that was opening weekend when they used to do the NFL a week earlier, they'd start it. They'd start Labor Day week, which I don't understand why they don't still start the NFL Labor Day weekend, but that's another story. I think they should start it then. But yeah, that was, and that's a big record. Uh, the touchdown record is, is, is that's one of the, you know, you think about it, that's a scoring. It's like, you know, that's a big record. You know, you know, I know kickers have more, but kickers are a different category animal here. This is touchdown. So huge record here. Yeah. Thanks for the help. Seriously. No, no. Um, you know, now I'll ask you this question. Do you know what team he was playing for when he broke that record? In 94? In 94. Yes. 49er Steve Young threw him the ball. Yep. Good one. Yep. Yeah, he didn't go to Oakland until 2001. Yeah, Oakland and Seattle was the last team he played yep. for. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he actually, he actually went to, he actually, re- he actually was on the practice squad for the Broncos, but never, never suited up. That's right. Yep, in 2005. But yeah, the, yep, because a lot of people might think, well, because because you think about it, he had, um, he would have, he would play nine seasons, more. Mm-hmm. A career. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a career. Another a career. nine season yeah, in the NFL more. is a career. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that is uh, you know, he is absolutely uh, you know, it's just that's that's the world. It's, his it's, his career spanned three decades. He was in the eighties, the nineties, yep. and the early two thousands. Yep. We're never gonna see that anymore. In football, no, you're never, you're never going to see it. You know, like the Tom Tom Brady. That's not. I mean, the quarterback position has the most likelihood to serve the 2020 seasons, right? Yeah, that's that's the only place you're ever going to see it ever again. Yeah, no, it's totally. The only place, yeah, it's the only place you're ever going to see it again. Yeah, so that's a 208. That's 208 touchdowns. Which again, you want to talk about the unbreakable records? Um, it's never getting broken. Yeah, never. Again, it's the, the days of that is just over. Uh, Run, running backs are at the all-time yeah. most value point yeah. in history. Receivers are are flashed in the pan. They like every year we talk about the NFL draft, and every year they talk about this great wide receiver class and everything, and they're always bringing in new fresh legs. So many teams are so wide receiver heavy that they don't have the guy anymore. Really, yeah. like it, like you think about some of the great receivers in today's game, and they don't hold a candle. Yep. to Jerry Rice. Like they don't they're not good enough to lick the dirt off his cleats. And that's not really being disrespectful to the great receivers of receivers of today's game. Yep. 
Like there's some that are like, I, again, he's recently retired, but Larry Fitzgerald was one of those guys that I absolutely thought was phenomenal. Right. And just, I adored him. Yeah. Um, um, doesn't, doesn't hold a candle to the greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of Jerry Rice. We, Gary, well, Larry Fitzgerald is the second all time is second all time in uh, re- receiving yards. I mean, he had a great career. Had he mm-hmm. played for a, a Super Bowl team, he, he almost got that one that one year, but uh, he played his whole career with the Cardinals, too. Right up uh, against the steel curtain, man. You can't fucking yeah, do that. Yeah, well, that was an incredible game, by the way. Yeah, it was. Uh, was one of the that fourth quarter was the greatest quarter I saw in Super Bowl history. It, it Not Brady's comeback. I think this was bigger because it went back and forth. And the oh, was, OK, yeah. OK, because okay. this went out. Yeah. I'll Nothing against Brady. Because here comes the Tom Brady haters. No, <laughs> okay. uh, a little different. I think this, that, I'll say that's the greatest. No, no, comeback. no, no, no. Yeah, greatest comeback yeah. In, in the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, it's greatest Dan, comeback in NFL history. Dan Quinn, the absolute worst coaching performance I ever saw in a in a championship game. <laughs> I never saw a coach that bad uh, as Dan Quinn was in that fourth. He looked clueless what to do. He was like a completely outclassed. Worse than Matt Lafleur, Matt Matt Lafleur never got to a championship. I mean, how many playoff (laughs) games is Matt Lafleur? You know, and and I just want to say something. Um, I'm looking forward to you know this will be the last year Matt Lafleur will be coaching the Green Bay Packers. That's my statement. I don't think you're wrong. I I don't. I'm seeing P. Anyway, I've seen Green Bay picked to win the division and be the three seed and stuff. I'm not saying they're not going to be a playoff team. I, I I think. I think I, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Uh, you, you know, but the question is, let's see, let's see how good. But everyone's going to compare. Everyone's going to compare to the last two, and so but, he'll never he'll never measure up because of who his predecessors were. Yeah, let, but I think he'll be a very good quarterback. Yeah, I think let's see, let's see how he does under Matt Lafleur, and let's see what an offensive guru Matt Lafleur is this year. Um, so let's see about that. You know, I think it's going to be a big, I know you uh, hate Matt LaFleur, but Brett Favre did have to pay for Arthur Rhodes. I just want to point that out. What? Arthur Rhodes was a fucking terrible coach, head coach, Ray Rhodes, Ray Rhodes, Ray Rhodes. Arthur Ray Rhodes, Rhodes was great player. in Philadelphia that first year. He had that one year. It was great. And then after that, he was terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, look, Brett Favre is a, I want to get into him. I just think he's a total piece of dirt. Um, but yeah. um, look and look. I think yeah, I said not, that not like not like the golden child Johnny Manziel that you adore so much. But that's fine. Johnny Manziel, I don't consider him. An, this I I I say this about Johnny Manziel. I'll say it a hundred times. Most exciting player ever. He got me watching college football. There were two guys who got me watching college football in my lifetime: Vince Young and Johnny Manziel. I mean, those are the two to me. Um, that was so exciting to watch those guys in college. Uh, I just, you know, both Texas, both played in Texas. If you too. listen to Vince Young now, I wish Vince Young had the head on his shoulders that he has, like most of us, right? In yeah, he, youth, we wish we had the wisdom of in our youth. I wish Vince Young had the head on his shoulders now that he had that. that, that yeah, you know, and Randy and Randy Moss age. too. You know, Randy Moss has, I think, really turned himself around. If Randy Moss had been, you know, he was just a he was a head case when he played. Um. You know, I, I said this bear on a show we did with, with Dave earlier tonight. Um, I do think, right, this signing of Odell Beckham Jr. to the Ravens, it could be very similar to what we if, if Odell's back healthy and everything. 
This could be very similar to when Randy Moss went to the Patriots and the impact. I, a, I agree. I agree. It, this he's he's got to stay healthy, though. He's yeah. got to stay healthy. But this is a big signing by the Ravens. OK, and uh, this is this is a big signing by the Ravens. And look, uh, Ruben, I know he loves his Ravens. Right. But, uh, you know, and I'm not the biggest believer in Lamar Jackson, but he's a, he's still a talent and a great player. That's going to be lethal if that combination. Uh, if that clicks, watch out, NFL. Watch yeah. out for the Ravens. Yeah. He's got to stay healthy, though. Yeah. And that's a big question mark for him. Yeah. Yeah. He just can't. He hasn't been able to ever. Yep. Oh, but I that's hope. He, yeah. I think he makes it 10 games. We'll and see. that's being generous. Let's hope. Yeah. I hope he does well. Yeah. All right. Bill, you got a couple of baseball things. Yeah. So this is, so there's two different, two different things. So. In 1901, this in 1901, this establishment in baseball is still a part, very much a part of the game today when it comes to player development. This establishment in baseball, the establishment of the minor league system. Correct. The National Association of Professional Baseball League yeah. was formed, which later has become the, the minor league system. Mm-hmm. So. All right. 1995. September 5th, 1995. We're talking about all-time records, man. Yeah. This record was tied. Cal Rupkin hits streak. Games, consecutive game streak. I'm sorry, they say yeah, it's consecutive yeah. game. Yeah, he tied Lou Gehrig's record today, September 5th, in 1995. Wow. Okay. It was either I was going to say Mark McGuire, but Mark McGuire was later. He wasn't 95. He was like 98. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. That was a good one. Well, again, that was our this day in sports history, sponsored by Espinosa Cigars. All right, so now it's time for uh, our Great Things Are Happening Here segment, uh, brought to you by uh, Tabacalera USA, making of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Monte Tabacalera USA, great things are happening here. <laughs> All right, um, so we got a couple of things tonight. Um I have a sports one, you have a non-sports one. Um, you want to go first, you want me to go first? Uh, you can go ahead and go first. Okay. So my, I'll tell you what it is. And, uh, I'm just going to, you know, come right out. I'm not going to kind of tease it, but, um, Trey Turner has been one of the most amazing stories that I have seen associated with any team I've been rooting for in my lifetime. And what the turnaround we've seen in, in the last month has been something very magical. And there is a root cause for why this happened, okay? So Trey Turner is a notoriously, he was signed to a huge contract by uh, the Phillies, right? Given a massive contract. Uh, He's a notoriously slow starter, but his notoriously slow start extended four months into the season. Yes. Uh, It was, it was, and look, I heard it, bad signing, um, Etc. And well, it considering was, how hot he was coming out of the WBC, right? That, yeah. It was really shocking how it was bad really he it was really shocking, right? And it, you know, for a while, we were I was beginning to say, would this guy be one of those athletes 
that came to Philadelphia and couldn't handle it. And they, he was ripped, okay, by fans and, and sports radio in particular. Uh, there's a uh, people know the sports station WIP in Philadelphia. Um, they are the first. They they love to kind of take guys down. Okay, they I believe they I, Carson Wentz. They 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 couldn't wait to take this guy down. Right, you know they just they just they went above and beyond like ripping this guy for his own. Look, I, I'm not saying he he didn't. You know, his, you know he, he didn't do well, right? But but they they, they made a personal attacks and et cetera. And I was worried that this was going to happen. He's a good kid, man. He didn't deserve that shit, man. He didn't deserve like When you start getting into family and stuff, this is what I'm talking about. You want to criticize his play. It's, that's fair. You know, you're getting a lot of money uh, as, a, as a quarterback, right? But Trey Turner was starting to get it. And in particular, there was a, a show in Philadelphia. Uh, it's hosted by a guy by the name of Joe Giglio and co-hosted by uh, a former NFL player named Hugh Douglas. So they host the midday show and Joe Giglio was destroying, destroying Trey Turner. Right. And on August 4th, he gets on his show with Hugh Douglas and he says, hey, let's try something different. Let's give this guy a standing ovation. Let's give him a standing ovation and try a different approach. Like, let's not give up. Like, I, I don't know what, what, you know, I'm sure it was a little bit of publicity. So surprisingly, it happened. They gave him that standing ovation in Philadelphia. This is an unphiladelphia like thing. We're known for booing people out of town, right? This is what we're known for, right? Yeah. We did it to Mike Schmidt. We give Trey Turner this standing ovation, and the guy has just turned into a monster since that standing ovation. Let me just throw the stats at you. Batting 362, 42 hits, 12 home runs, 33 RBIs, 26 runs scored in 28 games since August 4th. That is a if that is not a great things are happening thing here, I don't know what is. And by the way, Joe Google still hasn't apologized for his comments, by the way. He was ripping this guy earlier in the year. Um, and I think sometimes it was going over the line with him. But but I just got to say what like Trey Turner is not a bust. And Trey Turner was getting big hits in these games, game game deciding hits. All right. I'm not saying walk off. It was a couple of walk offs, but. Things that were impacting the Phillies had an incredible month. It's it, not only that; it, it triggered the whole offense. It really just triggered. It really just triggered the whole offense. And 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 Bryce Harper started to get his form back, which I think was big. Uh, Kyle Schwarber starts really. Get, he has his swing. Um, you know, he's the uh, worst batting average leadoff hitter ever, but he knows how to get that home run ball. And uh, you know, guys like Brandon Marsh who were hurt come back and they help the team. You know, role play. So it, it's just been a great story. I've not seen anything like this happen in my lifetime with any team that I can remember. Uh, and it's made for probably, you know, and I was very down on the Phillies and I still blame Thompson for the bad start. Right. Um, but but it made this August the probably the most memorable August, even over some of the Charlie Manuel and Dallas Green and Danny Ozark years where there was some great August. This this by far was and I don't think we're going to win the World Series this year, but. It made for a very memorable month of baseball for me. So I think it was a great thing uh, that happened. And maybe that we'll, we'll see more of that with other teams. I don't think – I think it will be a little cliche if you try doing it all the time. But pick and choose the battle with it and see what happens. Because obviously it did – and the players feel that that did something for Trey Turner. It, it changed his psyche after that. Yeah. Well, the there was a billboard put up. And, yeah, I mean, it just – 
A lot of good stuff. Really good stuff. A lot of, this a lot is, of positive this is, stuff. This, this is the when, definition when people, of great things. And look, are Philadelphia did this, and no one forced anyone to do it. They could have just like, Joe Giglio. Most people hate him, right? As a host, by the way, just so you know, because he says stupid things sometimes. Like, and uh, he's annoying, right? But but whatever it is, it, 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 someone organized that at the at the stadium, and it worked. Um, and, and every power, actually, that that sports station has a lot of power in Philadelphia. People really tune into that, so it's a big part of sports in Philadelphia. That's as annoying as that station can be, and boy, they could be annoying. Um, the best thing is they kept the eat like. Normally, when preseason starts with the Eagles, like it, like the Phillies go to go to second, even when they're doing well, because the Eagles and we kept the Eagles off the back pages a lot this, uh, in Philadelphia this year. So great, great thing. It was a great thing. I was I had to put that in there this week. Nice. All right, that's the, that's the sports talk for tonight. We did a lot, so we'll go. We have more cigar talk, guys. So don't worry. Yes, very much yeah. so. So we have one more thing. We're going to do bears, and we'll get back into the cigar talk. Yes. Um, so this is not baseball, uh, and it's not sports-related, right? So, um, but this is, um, I think, a great story. And uh, could be there. I'm here. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, my internet's starting to fritz out on me. So okay, um, can you pull up the story? Actually, yep, I'll do that. Uh, so Connor Connor Halsa of Minnesota is a teenage boy, and he loves to fish with his dad. And um, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure my like yep. I said, my internet's fritzing out. Um, yep. And uh, loves to loves to fish with his father, and he he likes to fish in all you know. It's the land of ten thousand lakes, man. And I, if you can scroll down for me, I love the name of the body of water in which this was done. So screw, scroll back up, scroll back up, scroll back up. Uh, what is it? Lake of the Woods. Lake of the Woods. It's the sixth largest freshwater lake in the U.S., over 70 miles of water. And Halsa and his dad were planning a drift for walleye. You there? We might have lost Bear. As Bear's internet has fritzed out here. Yeah. And... You you fritzed out for right after the Lake of the Woods thing, and, and you were talking about the walleye. Am I back? Am I good? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So, um, Cerulean fast around the brown billfold. They opened it up, and you and he uh, showed everyone. He took there was money out, and they dried it out, and found a very soggy business card and with a number on it, and it was about two thousand dollars in cash. And this young teenager could have kept it. Most people probably would have kept it, mm-hmm. but. He tracked down the owner some 600 miles away in Iowa, Jim Denny, who was also fishing on this lake and returned the wallet. Nice. And he, uh, of course, Jim Denny offered a reward and young Halsa refused any cash reward. It's a good kid right there. Like the that's, Brady that's Bunch a, episode. There was a Brady a, Bunch episode about this. That's a yeah. great, 
that's a credit to this kid. That's a credit to his parents, man. Absolutely, that's yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Yeah. Honest thing. Uh yeah, it sounds like the Brady there was a Brady Bunch episode similar to that. The the Brady boys found a uh a wallet like with eleven hundred dollars in a parking lot. And uh they were waiting for someone to claim it and uh they decided to give the whole thing back then and, and they offered an award reward and uh Mike Brady kind of said to them, nah, and then they ended up getting twenty dollars. I was like, uh, thank you, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was that's a good story. Uh I, I didn't know this lake of the woods is kind of something I gotta look up now. I mean, this, I was looking at looking at half the size of Yellowstone National Park. That's a big lake. It's it's huge. 200, that's yeah. So that's an amazing story. Um 210 feet deep in some areas. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah you know, I I I've been up to Minnesota a couple times in the last year. Uh, mostly I spent in Minneapolis, St. Paul, but I, had, I did get to go out of the country a couple of times, and there's some um, unbelievable lakes out there. Yeah. Uh, so, so shout out to shout out to our friends of the How About That Cigar up in the state of Minnesota. Yep. They they raised their kids right. They did. They did. Uh, yeah, I'll shout out to them, too. They have a cigars and baseball event going on, I think, next week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it. Yeah, once they, do it they, they do it. Yeah, they do it every year. Yeah, so uh, I know they're going to be doing coverage from there. So uh, yes, def- definitely check those guys out, uh, and of course check out that Minnesota sports report at the beginning of every show. Uh, it's always the most entertaining thing uh, to watch <laughs> with that. So it's uh, so good guys, good friends up there, and, and I really fell in love with Minnesota when I went up there too. The two times, it's a it's a great it's a great it's a great area of the country to be in. Uh, people are great up there. Great city, great country, beautiful. You know, I was up there in, in April and it was 90 degrees. And over there in December, I lucked out. I didn't have the snow or the below sub-zero. So, um, so yeah, no, good job. Good job, Bear, with that one. Um, so that is uh, great things are happening here uh, brought to you by Tobacco RSA. So we got one more segment here. But first, we got to mention our friends at Michael's Tobacco. With just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobaccoist for the Dallas-Fort Works metro area and cigar patrons world over. With two convenient locations in U.S., just a quick jaunt from the DFW Airport in Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's uh, was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member. Has now made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, hole in one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite bedroom cherry and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. All right. So, Bear, one more segment. We're going to kind of tie this back to LaFleur again. Okay. And, um, you know, I think LaFleur has been – this is basically what I'm going to call unusual packaging for cigars, right? And I think it ties in with the LaFleur theme tonight. Um, sure. But they're not the only company to do it, right? There are um, a lot of companies that have released, like, very unusual packaging. And um, that packaging has, uh, you know, packaging is a big part of what, what happens in the cigar industry. And a lot of times, you know, when I write reviews, Possibly the most dangerous area I tackle, and I've been adding this, this has been in the reviews for more of the last year, is kind of some assessment of the packaging. And 
it's almost like packaging something that's taken a little more personally than than the blend in a lot of ways. And I could see that, right? I could see that because a lot of people who we deal with on the stateside are involved with packaging these cigars. Uh, but LaFleur's had some great ones, right? And I have three that came to mind with LaFleur that I'll just mention. We talked about the beer stein, an actual beer stein, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only thing I with, I, I, with Lido's trademark hat as on the cap, by the yeah. way. Cool my stuff. only my only complaint about that is they should have made it a humidor where it's sealed. You couldn't seal it. That's the bad part about it. But they never said it was a humidor. They were very clear on that. There's the Casa del Tobacco barn that they put the Airbender Maduros in. Do you remember that? Where they did the yeah. barn? Yeah. And that was just unbelievable. And then I know the retailers hate them, but the circular boxes of La Nox and uh, Solis, I, I think they're collectible <sighs> items, in my opinion. They're beautiful, they're ornate, and yeah. they are the fucking nightmare for retailers, man. They are they are. And, and in my opinion, with that, I mean with that, um what what I would have did with that, right? If I was LaFleur, is I, I kind of would have had a tray that came out that was more rectangular and you could put it on the shelf and then kind of put the circle thing in the back. And if people want to buy the box, they could buy the circle box. But regardless, I'm not, you know, if that's nitpicking. This is where this is where my, Michaels was the benefit had the benefit of Lenox. So Michaels in both humidors at Ulysses and Keller, they have a middle island that sits. So you have the traditional walls of cigars, right? But inside both of their humidors, they have like a center island that yeah. shelves more cigars in a traditional fashion. Right. But it allows for space on the top. Right. And we've you know they've we they've featured different cigars over the years. But it's the perfect place for a box like Lenox, and I'm sure some of the other cigars that we're going to talk about yeah. tonight. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, it's a fucking nightmare for retailers. Uh, right. Beautiful, gorgeous, yeah. love yeah. it. Like I said, not sure why I don't understand Lenox. Why it doesn't hit my palate? I don't get it. It should. But, but the pa- you the can't box, argue about the, the packaging. Box, oh, the package is beautiful. You can't argue about the packaging with that. I I, I agree a thousand percent with you on that. Um, that being said, you know I thought we would tonight go through some like i said maybe we'd come up with five each of packaging um that's i'd say unorthodox probably not retailer friendly so all these are probably gonna be despised by the retailers mm-hmm. but nonetheless i think they're impactful they're beautiful and they're things that i i just gave away a whole bunch of cigar boxes and these would be boxes like all those packaging that we just talked about i would not give away those three so I just think they're, they're fantastic um, the way they do it. But I'm talking more. I'm, I'm looking for more unorthodox stuff. Right. OK. Uh, because that, in my opinion, is, um, you know, I think that's something that um, is. Uh, so not like La Barbarora from, you know, Adventure I think that would, I think that would count. Right. Because it's, it's not visual, but it's sound. Right. Yeah. But it's a traditional box that you can fit on the shelf. though. Yeah. Um, in a traditional setting. Was you there? Am I still here? Barry, you there? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry about that. I hit I hit the uh, Siri button, and I started hearing Siri. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I kind of just thought we would go through a few of these, and uh, see what we uh, what we can come up with that's unusual. Okay. Uh, if I'm able to pull a picture up of these uh, along the way, I'll try to do that. Uh, if I have them on a coop or if I can find it somewhere else, um, you know. But as far as uh, those things go, um, 
Yeah, the uh, um, you want me to start this one off? Go for it. I'm sure we'll have some doubles. All right. Um, so my first one, and of course I don't have the picture up, but um, this was a cigar. It was a it was a limited edition release, and uh, it comes from uh General Cigar, um, and I don't have it. Damn. Why can't I find it? Um, it is the it's the release they did with this with the oil can, the CAO oil can. Okay, so not the dad bod beard can. No, not the dad bod beard can. Um, it's called the CAO sixty torque. Um, so what they actually did is they took the cigars and they put it uh in a a can. That look, I have it now. That looked like an oil can, um, and I'm actually going to pull it up here so people can see it. Um, and I thought this was really cool, right? Um, how they how they did this. I was like, you know, this is the cigar was okay, right? It wasn't anything great. I'll be honest with you, but here it is. Um, and actually, how that looks is um, that you can see it has a little the like the cap screws off. But that whole top just pulls off. Yeah, you can pull cigar, off the top. Yeah, and your cigars are inside it. wasn't a it wasn't a uh, a spectacular cigar. This was not a digger. I'm sorry, Justin. It <laughs> wasn't a digger, but it was an eight by sixty, right? Um, and I I loved I loved this high. I just love this pack. I, I actually never got the Canada's and, and it was uh, a great throwback for your dad, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was a great throwback. I think I did discuss this with my dad actually, who who was a big flathead. He was a big fan of the flathead packaging, especially that one that was like the spark. When they, they used to put the the you know the flathead uh, the spark plugs used to be in spark plug boxes at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were in these cardboard spark, but they didn't. But uh, but yeah, this was one that I had, and I'm like, you know, this is this is really cool. Um, and I just love the retro look of it and everything. Uh, um, so I mean, this is like unusual, not. Totally retailer unfriendly, by the way. Right. I'm not saying it's totally, but but yeah, this was my first one I had, which was the CAO Tark. Nice. I'll give you time to search it. I think this was one of my favorite packaging too, when you think about it. And I think it just resonates for this individual, right? So we were at the PCA trade show this year uh, for one of the greats in this industry celebrating his 80th birthday in a Nestor, Nestor Miranda celebrating his 80th birthday. Uh-huh. But for his 70th birthday, oh, he released yeah. a cigar, which was, again, car-related, which was the uh, the Shelby. The Shelby oh, yeah. Oh, Shelby yeah. Mustang. Oh, and yeah. And I have for this the 70th one. anniversary, it's fucking, it's just great. It's, yeah. you know, iconoclasts, uh, you know, car model. And that was the, that was the carrying case for the cigars. It was great. Yeah. It, uh, I have this one as well. So I'll pull this one up. Um, it is, uh, Nestor loves his cars. Uh, he loves his Shelby's. Um, you know, I could definitely see Nestor driving around, uh, Miami, one of these, this is yeah, not a this big, big sunglasses on. Yeah. Yep, but go. that's how it was. It was a very collectible Shelby. Um, from what I remember, um, they had two blends in there. Uh, they had six. Uh, they were, they, and of course, they were. Um, I believe they were Lanceros, both of these. Um, they had six, six from uh, my father and six from La Aurora. Um, so, um, they they said that they kept, they made a thousand of these and they kept three hundred back. I don't know what ever happened to those other three hundred. I never saw it again. 
Uh, I think I liked the Laura Aurora one better when it came out. But yeah, I thought it was super cool. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this is 10 years old. It's 10 years old. It's crazy. Yeah, this was 10 years old. Um, and it was really um the uh like I said, I, I love this one. I, I gotta agree with you on that. That was um, you know, it was just uh really, really cool, cool to see that, you know. It's just um the uh the um it was just great. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I want to snake this on you. I want to take my second one here, Coop. Go ahead, because I want to pull. Like you're doing, I actually got a. I have the. I have a physical one. I'm going to pull for the second one. Yeah. So the 2000 in 2016, uh, that which was the same year as the Beerstein, right? Um, there was another iconic packaging which was very similar to Lenox in its shape and size, but for an iconic birthday as well. The Avo Classic Covers 2016 LE was done. Box was a record. Oh, yeah. I have that one upstairs, too. Yeah. Very similar to Lenox, which is funny. We were talking about that. Ter- terrible for the retailer, but it was beautiful. Uh, Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was. I think I have that one as well. I'm going to try to pull it up. But, uh, yeah, it was terrible for the retailer. Uh, it, you know, it... Uh, what I liked about that is again they were inside the uh, the record. I have it here. I think I could show it. Um, yeah, here we go. Um, always, I'm always late with this. There it is. So it kind of had that tray in it. Yeah, terrible for the retailers. They did different colors of these, from what I remember too. There wasn't just like I think there was a gray one with a black record as well. Mm-hmm. That's that correct. They, yeah, but this is the one I have the picture for. But yeah, it was really cool when you lay that disc on top of it. Uh, you'd have your cigars in there. Not a humidor. Uh, the the bad thing about this, um, you had to take the cigars out of the humidor. I mean, if you wanted the the, uh, the box, I got the box from a retailer who gave it to me. Yep. Yep. So. Um, yeah, that, that's a good one. That was a really good one. I like that one a lot. Just very, uh, very, uh, you know, again, classic, you know, Avo's theme with music and everything. And that was that was uh, one of the last releases before Avo passed away, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that there was the because he passed away the year after in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So I got one. So I have a physical. I went and got it because it's it's sitting here on my shelf. Uh, this is the infamous. <laughs> let's just say the uh, the model, the Stadium Series from United. Yeah, uh, buddy. The, the the Fenway the Fenway Park one. The green shall the, not be named. The name. green the green shall not be. Look, I'm I'm not going to get into the whole thing about, but it was look, this was really well done. Look how they did the 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 uh the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was really really cool this was a, 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 a uh, inside was it was tread, a uh tread carefully coach tread carefully yeah <laughs> um look again when i get again but this actually there was obviously a, a dispute using the name uh but it was a, a inside were these uh 70 ring gauge candelas of the uh asylum 13 in there uh re- really really just cool uh, nice. It's a nice keepsake. They did. They did a second one of Yankee Stadium. Say what you want about the Yankees. That was a nice package as well. They did with that. That was a nice they, package too. They really did. Really. Yeah. I think you I have, have the Yankees. I have both of them. You have both of them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
but yeah, they did. I said, this was really a nice job. I just keep, you can hear stuff rattling. I keep stuff in there. So, uh, it's a great, you know, it's a, it's a great box and, uh, you know, great design. <laughs> great design. We'll just kind of say it. So period, period, yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was part we're of the, anyone in trouble. <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> We're not gonna go to, but but uh, it was it did get released ultimately. Uh, just they had to take they had to take some things with the name off of it. So uh, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Can't knock the packaging though with that. So that was my second that was my second pick as well. Guys, go ahead and snake it. What's your next one? Uh, why is my I just lost my list? Give me a second here. Um. I apologize. My list just uh, crashed and burned. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So my next one is the Espinosa. That it's the first yes. one of yes. the yes uh, LHB baby. Yes, the, you did. Yeah. Um. This is Fucking the first brilliant. one of the uh, the LHB of the uh, Seis Provincias. Yes, it's sir. the one with the uh, swing on it. Yeah, the uh, swinging box. The swinging box. I mean, how can not, you... Not terrible for retailers, man. That thing sat on the shelf really nice and rocked forward. It was great. Yeah, I think, you know, in my opinion, um, with this one, as I pull it up, um, of course I don't... Yeah, I have it. Um, what I'll say is, with this one, it, I think this was probably the best one they did. Not that, They're all great, but this one's like, how can you top this one? How can you top this oh, one? I mean, it's a swing. Hats off to Eric Espinosa Jr., man. He Absolutely. Uh, and and a, a great, this was a top 10 cigar that you got with this as well. I think this completely changed the game. I mean, Espinosa, they're not to say they're not known for their packaging. They have very good packaging, but not packaging like this. Uh, you know, certainly that this was one I felt that um, really, really... Uh, it, it just was absolutely. It, I I don't know where it did on the half wheel. You know, half wheel does a great job with their packaging awards. I don't. It made it. their top ten. It, it made, made their, their top, top 10. ten. And look, it's actually, a, uh, every single one we've mentioned has made a top ten for them. Yeah. Yep. Including yep. the stadium packaging. Yep. So, so that that's the next one. Uh, in my opinion, it was just uh, a fantastic, um, just a fantastic thing. I don't have this, by the way. I, I could because remember they when these came out they came out with regular boxes with them that year, mm -hmm. so these kind of went and these weren't cheap either. Um, but it was it's a great cigar. Um, the LHB I think is still the best one they've released it at too. It's still been my favorite of that as well. So they've done a very very good job with that. Um, as far as that goes. Um, so that that is my next one. Um. So on, on my list, my next two are I did Ava Classic covers. And I did three. I've done three so far, right? I've done three. Yeah, yeah, I've done three. Yep. So I yep. So my next one is the second year or the second release of the Cohiba Spectre. So it had that red, you know, not glass, but red top. And it used it had a locking mechanism that could only be triggered with a key. You had to have a you had to have a key card essentially to be able to unlock it. Yeah. And I very famously to Sean Williams at the trade show that year, I was like, "What? No smoke?" He didn't get a kick out of it. I thought it was fun. 
but it was really it was beautiful it's beautiful packaging um and you know considering that that cigar retails for a hundred dollars you know you want it you want it to look good too in the box and uh so yeah let's see if i have this one i mean i have a great picture of it this was the one with the red right this is the better tasting of the two right yeah 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 and it came with the coffins in it Mm -hmm. yeah i have it i have it here so let me pull that one up Let's try this. this. I don't have a great picture of it. This was, I remember at the booth, it was very hard to. Um, yeah, there's the key card. Yeah. There's a key there's card. A- yeah, you see that. Yeah. Which I remember that you really didn't promote the key card thing when the press release came out. It was at, you know, at the show where we saw that. Yeah. Yeah. If it had smoke, it would have been great. I'm just kidding. No, it was fantastic. It's Let me tell you, uh, I know a retailer that had these and they went quick. They came in yeah. and literally didn't even make it to the shelves. Like they they got them, they talked to their customers who were Cohiba smokers, and they basically pre-sold them all that they got. Mm. So we sold, they, them, we sold them pretty quick too. Yeah, and I, then I actually did get a couple. I did get a couple of these. Um, and uh, it what it made my top twenty-five that year. It was a great cigar. It was a it was a, I, I thought it was a fantastic cigar. All right and. My next one is the Acid Cuba Arte, which was that water oh, tower. Oh, okay. So that's my next one, too, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was my next one, too. I had that one as well. Very cool. Brooklyn Water Tower, man. Yeah. I with, actually, the different, with the different graffiti artists that were brought in to make designs for different ones. I can't remember how many. I think there were four, maybe five. Yeah. So that one actually was human. You could use it as a humidor. It's correct. You actually could use that. I'm going to pull this up as we're talking. You actually could use that one as, as a humidor. Um, and um, let me, you know, let me pull that one up. Uh, I was surprised that um, this one, um, like I said, this one, I was a little surprised that uh, of that. I like that cigar. I thought the cigar was good, but there it is. So those are after the Brooklyn Water Towers, as far as that goes. It was way uh, off. Seven. Seven. Okay, there were seven. Of them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I thought, like I said, I thought that was an amazing one as well. They, uh, you know, look, and like I said these things actually worked. Um, as a um, what I, lo- like I said, what I loved about these, these actually worked as humidors. I, I did because I kept the cigars. I kept them in there, um, mm-hmm. which were I think, um, really, um, just uh. This was the same year as Acid One, and I thought both cigars were actually very good. And I'm not very much a non-traditional smoker, so yeah, I I agree. I think they did. Remember when when Fabian took away my uh, I was smoking both of our we're th- we're smoking underground dogmas, man. We're smoking underground dogmas, and uh, Fabian just comes by and uh, he pulls uh, them out of our mouth and says, "You're smoking this," and lights up a Acid One. Yeah, it was uh, it was um. Something that you know, uh, I was like, yeah, or we, acid 20, acid 20, not acid one, acid 20. Yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> the acid 20, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was definitely, um, they were definitely, I, I thought that, um, the acid 20 was the better of the two, right? But certainly, um, yes, it was the better of the two, but this was very good. This was yeah. very good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It was, um, it was definitely, uh, one of, um, it was definitely one of my favorites, right? For sure. Um, on that. So, Bear, so, I, I have to physically grab the next 
prop again. Okay, so I, my I, last one, yeah, yeah. So I'll give you my last pick. My last yeah. pick. I just love the cigar. Uh, I should have had these here. I apologize because of, because of again because of issues with just. I think there there was I don't think it was a trademark issue as much as there was an agreement malfunction or maybe it was the fact that I don't know I couldn't remember the reason why they they couldn't do it anymore but I hope they bring the cigar back because the cigar was awesome but the packaging was really cool too it's basically a milk carton it was the it was the asylum asylum dragon's milk man that thing was the the new the asylum new holland dragon's milk oh what a great cigar that was too and that milk I bought I bought that milk carton I have it somewhere yeah uh, I'm going to pull that one up as we talk because I want to show that one. It's uh, so cool. So cool. It, w- it was a good one. Yeah. And, you know, that was, you know, I always wondered why they didn't bring that project back. I know there was a trademark issue. Um, was it a trademark? Know. I didn't think it was that. Stra- there was some kind of agreement that didn't work or something. I don't know. There, yeah. It's not clear other than they, but the concept was really cool. They were, they were aging the cigars in, um, I have the picture here. They actually aged the cigars in the uh, Dragon's Milk barrels. That's right. Yep, there it is. So actually, I had to pull that one off a silence Facebook page. But yeah, it was really cool. And, you know, uh, again, kind of uh, wasn't totally retailer unfriendly. Uh, but I, I actually think this was one of the best releases that uh, Asylum has done. And it's one of the best barrel aging examples I've had. And Tom, if you can find any way to do another blend like this, uh, please do. Because that was spectacular. Agree with you. I, I, like, I like that one as well. Uh, you know, I would have bought the cigar even if it wasn't in that milk carton. But the milk carton was cool. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Ready? So, mm-hmm. last thing is, this is uh, the smoke in. Uh, this is the smoke in. Yeah, this is the smoke in uh, advent calendar. I mean, so you look at this and look at look at this in here. It's it's a beautiful box. It's humid. It was humidified, right? You open up each of these panels and you would pull out. Uh, I'm not gonna pull because I don't want to break them. But they let me see if I can do one without breaking it. And you slide out like this coffin and in there you would get your cigar um to me i know this is store exclusive this was without a doubt abe going over the top with uh packaging here um and i'll say this this was a great release because all the cigars were, were unbelievable uh down here there's a big panel and there was a special cigar that was the padrone 40 as they put in there so and it, what was really cool is every day that you, you open one of these up, there was a different cigar, but they got higher in price as, as you went through here. So, uh, but I just love it. I mean, the box, the only thing I, I would have liked with this, I told Abe, is I wish I could replace the humidification in here, right? So I could keep using it every year, you know, and do my own dab calendar. But you can't argue what he did with the packaging here in this thing. It's, 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 it's absolutely spectacular here. Um, and uh, probably the best retailer exclusive packaging I've ever seen. Now minus, you know, the anarchy stuff. I, I thought about putting the anarchy stuff on there too, but I think we covered that a lot, you know, because that, that pyramid is beautiful that's in there. Um, but yeah, I just the idea here was to do unusual, not necessarily exquisite, 
You know, so I, I stayed away from like traditional humidors and just do things that are unusual. Like, look, what do you do with these things when you're done? Is like, it's funny. You don't throw them out. You just want to keep. I try to find other uses for these things as much as possible. Like, like I said, the uh, the um, and I apologize for not having the stuff. I should have had the stuff here when I started the show and I can't believe I didn't. So uh, but yeah, that was um, wait, did anyone like I had. Let me pull that up again. People didn't see that because I had the other thing up. There it is. I apologize because people didn't see it. You got to see it. So there's, there it is. I apologize. I had the the New Holland thing up. You open it up, and uh, there it is. You slide out the drawer, like I said, and you get your favorite cigar out of there. There's a big panel at the bottom where the you pulled out uh, the one that was the Padron. Uh, and like I said, the only thing I would have liked to have done is reuse this and make my own advent calendar every year. I, I kind of would have liked to have done. Uh, even I even think this would be a great box to sell and build your own, uh, you know, build your own with this. But it, it is beautiful. Uh, it's, it sits on my shelf here. It just it's beautiful looking. So it's a nice keepsake. Uh, I just don't like it collecting dust. So. Yeah, I apologize for that. And that was a, that was our uh, unusual packaging segment there. Um. I think we are at the end of the show here. I think so. We have people. Yeah, we have people still here. Um, so, um, programming notes. Um, so there's there's a, there's a prime tomorrow. I'm actually doing the Alan Rubin. Uh, I'm doing Alan Rubin's McAuliffe on off the record. They're doing a football preview show. So tune in for that, where we'll we'll kind of tell Alan what he doesn't know about football. Uh, but Hector, Hector, Joe Grow, Jack Tarano, um, Carney, and uh, I know I'm leaving someone else out is going to be on that show. Um, so stay tuned. We'll be talking about football. Um, if you didn't catch Jukebox, we ran that show earlier. Tonight. We had to run it on Tuesday because of when we recorded that later in the weekend. And then t- on Thursday, which is now tomorrow on the East Coast. Uh, we have had bear the Thursday show. We have had a run of guests. Um, that has been it's just been we had, we had a lot of good luck on the guests, right? Um, so we've had you know we've just had this. How can I put? It? It's just been one of the um the best runs of, of shows we've had that I could think of in in quite a long time. Uh, just because uh, it's just looked out like that. Um. It's I I just said we've had guests that I uh I never thought we would have gotten uh over over this period of time. We've had a lot of first time guests. Um this is not a first time guest we're gonna have on, but I just want to kind of run down uh the list of guests we've had because I think it's been a uh a good run of guests. Um and certainly we're gonna have great runs of guests. We we had good runs on, on, on special edition too, so it's not taking anything away from it. But we started it off right after the trade show. And the first thing we did is we talked to um, Steve Wilkes, who is the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, now he was a former head coach of the Panthers. We followed that up with the uh, we had Abe the Babna, Pete Johnson, and Les Mann for the Tatooine NFT show, which we were a part of. Then we had the uh, what I say a really historic interview with um, Michael Giordano who is the CEO of Quality Importers. 
which I'm still trying to give the humidor away, guys. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> so uh, unless I got an email tonight, that that now is an open thing. Um, we then continued that with uh, Dan Thompson and Mickey Pegg with um, you know McAuliffe All Saints Cigars and their their uh, partnership. Then we had Patrick Agridon from Half Wheel. And then we had uh, a great interview with Julio Cabrera, who is a ver- one of the most world famous bartenders who's now into the cigar industry. Nice. Um, and oh, I missed one. We had Anfan in there too. We had Anfan in between uh, Tatawahe and, um, and and Steve Wilkes. So apologies to An. But we are going back to Drew Estate uh, on Thursday night. This was just confirmed today because we didn't know, but we do have Willie Herrera coming on. So Willie will be doing the show on Thursday. And then uh, so that will end a, a like about an eight week run. We've had of like some pretty big hitters in here. And then we're taking next week off because I'm going to Texas. So uh, I'm not doing any shows in Texas. So I'll be coming out to Dallas. I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing Jay. And then we'll go out. We'll all be going over to McAuliffe on Thursday and Friday. So so Friday and Saturday, excuse me, for the uh, dinner and the open house. So. Big stuff coming up uh, on primetime. Um, Good stuff and, indeed. Yeah, and then we, Bear, we're slated, I want to say we're slated in three weeks to have on um, Glenn Loop and Josh. So that will probably be our next September show, I'm, I'm guessing at this point. Um, I got to just, uh, I will confirm that with them again. I have a lot of things I need to talk about with those guys, um, especially some of the stuff that, I don't know if you saw the PCA report today, uh, on the 16 studies. And uh, I have a lot to talk about with them on that. So uh, they'll be giving us a state of the uh, cigar union, so to speak. Nice. Fantastic that, stuff. Yeah. So we have good stuff Bear, I know you, uh, you took the week off, but you, uh, we did your show the week before. Um, I, we didn't get, we didn't quite get the midnight numbers that uh, El Oso Fumar takes got tonight. Uh, but I never saw uh bear show. Like, was going till two in the morning and the the audience kept going up <laughs> so yeah it's crazy um i don't think we're gonna catch abe, abe the got in the chat and he was like are there really is this really, really yeah it really was it really was so uh so and that was an amazing i mean that was an amazing experience that show we did uh because bear did another we did another pca show but bear did a, a 45 minute uh you know, 45 days later, excuse me, 45 minutes, 45 days later, a PCA. And I think we had a, the whole coalition team was there that night and we had a lot of fun with that. So sure did. It was fantastic. Yep. So uh, you're back next. You're back on Sunday, right? Back on Sunday. We've got Jennifer True of Tobacular USA. Oh, wow. also known I... as Altadis. We're going to be talking about her journey in the cigars, how she started, where she came from. We're going to talk about her passion for women in the industry and also her latest project uh, from Altadis USA, which is, of course, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary Diamante. So we smoked that cigar with Raphael for the first time on this show. Yep. But a lot of that packaging and marketing component is 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 is, is thanks to Jennifer and her fantastic mind. So really looking forward to our conversation. Um, she's a fascinating, fascinating individual. In this Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm just I'm so pleased that she agreed to be on the show. And uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about all things, uh, all things Jennifer and Altadis USA. So it's going to be good stuff. Yeah, um, this is a great guest, guys. We uh, well, I've known Jennifer. We've known Jen- we've had Jennifer on special edition before um, when we did the the 1935. And and you know her job is really to to you know she does a lot of the packaging. And that's really under her. 
And I'm just what I think is amazing, Bear Wood. And I want to, re- I know we were talking about packaging, so this is kind of appropriate. What, what she has done, right? And it, she's not all packaging, by the way. She does a lot of other things, just so you know. Um, but like what I think some of the stuff under her uh, stewardship we've seen is she's kept the, she's kept all the classic vibe of these brands like Monte Cristo and, and, you know, and has done some innovation, some very innovative things. Um, and, and just as kind of, kind of brought a contemporary spin while not losing the classic messaging of Monte Cristo. Uh, we have a short interview with her in our PCA coverage. And I think if you see that you're going to, and if you watch the show we did with her back in uh, when, the, when the 1935 came out, um, this is a great guest. Uh, I, 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 I'm excited for this one. Yeah. I'm 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 stoked. I'm stoked for it. I'm so excited. Uh, I also agree to another show that I'm going to be. We're going to be debuting in a couple of weeks here. I'll I'll go ahead and preview it now. I think it's I it's something I'm really excited about. So uh, on October 1st, I'll be having a panel of national sales uh, managers. So Miguel Shodell of Crowned Heads, uh-huh. Derek Derek Matthews of Oveja Negra, and David Lafferty of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust will be on my show on October 1st. And we're going to be talking about the challenges and opportunities of what it means to be a cigar, uh, a cigar national sales manager, uh, and also what it means in today's cigar climate. You know, so a lot of things obviously have changed over the years. You know, uh, Derek's probably the junior member of that group is the junior member of that group, but he uh, has the challenge of managing a team of both brokers and in-house reps. Miguel, of course, uh, operates an entirely in-house organization. And David, who has a a, a storied history in this industry, worked for amazing uh, brands over the years, uh, has experience with in-house reps, but now he manages a team entirely of brokers. So, a lot of interesting dichotomy, going to be some really interesting discussion. Love all those guys. And they obviously represent very different uh, brands um, and with different approaches to the yeah. market. So I think it'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very excited to see Derek on as well. He's been a great supporter of all of us um, for a while. I've known Derek since before he even got to um, Obey and, and when he was in retail. Um. So I've known him very well, and he's done a very, very good job. You know, he's uh, he's managing really four different, you know, in, team, in addition to like a, a high a, a hybrid team that you mentioned, right? He's got a uh, four different brands. You know, he has, mm-hmm. and each have a different messaging. And, and Derek seems to get it. Um, uh, definitely an unsung hero, and I think uh, you know a worthy person to have on that show. So that's that's great to hear that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. So yep. we'll have some more shows in between, uh, Jennifer and and those guys. Um, but uh, but in the meantime, those are the two that I was kind of excited about them. Yep. So the one coming up and. Yep. No, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So um, so uh, again, let's thank our audience uh for being a part of this, uh, hanging in there. Uh, we went a little. I know we went late, but we started late too. So uh, thanks to them uh as well. Bear, thank you as well. Um and My uh, yeah. So um, that's going to wrap up uh, primetime special edition 146 into the annals of history for Tuesday, September 5th. Now, Wednesday, September 6th in the Eastern and Central time zones. Bear, I'm going to see you next week in Texas. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it as well. 
Uh, and I'll see uh, Jay and the Macau folks and uh, even Ruben I'll probably see too. So uh, <laughs> uh, looking forward to some some good food and good smokes and just good camaraderie. So take care, everybody. Uh, thanks again. And we'll see you next time.